Just having to check my email. Sorry, I was trying to find out what about uh, Judge Napolitano. You know, sometimes he gets busy and has his things going on. So be careful, though, out there, people, too. By the way, it is. Uh, yeah, okay, good. He's confirmed. Uh, the judge is. The judge is in. The judge is in. <clears throat> How's everybody doing? Hey, I'm, I'm actually. I, I might have a little bit of. Uh, <clears throat> A little bit of gunk, but normally, but actually, I've been I've been really good lately. I don't know whether you guys could tell about the uh, continued excellence of uh, my broadcasting, but I have been uh, more than good of late. I just I'm just telling you, so you're not going to have me coughing and everything else throughout this whole uh, affair today. So, how's everybody doing? Good morning this morning. Be careful out there because uh, I don't know whether you maybe didn't expect this or didn't uh, think what was going to be ha- happening. Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, but the reality is there is snow outside. Not snow, but it's kind of like um, it's uh, kind of like a uh, drizzle. It's like a freezing rain. Last night I was finishing up, and I haven't finished still yet. 
and I'll put those on the on the internets when I when I get done. I haven't uh, gotten all of my Christmas decorating done yet. I, I last night I was out and I was um, going to be doing uh, finishing up all of my. Uh, I, is it, it Matt? Is it my? Is it just my hot bloodedness or is it warm in here? Okay, good. Just want to make sure because I'm taking off my shirt because uh, I, I I my my uh, hoodie because I'm hot. I'll put it back on after I'm done. But. but I'm, or maybe I'll be cold again or something like that, but I'm, I'm going to put it back. Uh, you cranked the heat, did you? Okay. That's what you did. That's what Matt, Matt by the way, that, that video you sent me, I really can't play on the uh, air. Okay. Matt was sending me. So, well, you know, really, could, we could, if we were if we were Howard Stern, <clears throat> we'd be able to play it on the air, but we can't, we're not Howard Stern, so we really can't. So we've got lots to talk about today, including, of course, all of the um, – Situation regarding the the, uh, the Bush H.W.'s uh, funeral preparedness and all that kind of stuff. And we had the usual suspects, you know. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. <coughs> Gee whiz. That, that, this I did not expect. But I guess it would help if I talked before I came in. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like said something before. Like talked to myself for a little while before I came in. You know, maybe like go to the uh, go to this is the really the last remnants, the, the last remaining remnants of, of of whatever it was I had. And so I, what, what I could do is I probably could could uh, take a taking off his shirt. No, I was I'm not talking about taking off my uh, hoodie is what I was going to do. So, uh, you know, I know I, I Jimmy, I, I, I don't need a cigarette. But, you know, normally, like, maybe I should have a dressing room of sorts where I go in, I'm going, la, 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 have, have some, have some uh, orange, you know, some, I'm sorry, some, some lemon juice and that kind of thing. Let me just, let me take a sip of, uh, yeah, Margaret, I need more than a, I, I need a real drink is what I need. La, 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 and then uh, do all the little, um. Uh, the, the lip movements. I'm about to go on stage. I'm sorry. I can't talk right now. I'm about to go on stage and become King Arthur. That's right. Do something like that. Yeah. Anyway. So we got lots to talk about today. And, and, and the Bush stuff is, uh, you know, a lot of it's, a lot of it's relatively aggravating and it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, well, infuriating, so to speak. And then also, uh, remember yesterday, I was just, uh, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Haney, I should do the, well, you remember when I did that, I, I played the, the bit from, uh, from Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live, General Francisco Isimo Franco is still dead, but this is Bush 41, so I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be too, uh, I don't want to be that way with, with uh, H.W., <laughs> But but it's funny. The, the prospect of it is funny. I, I I will tell you that. So we've got a lot of uh, things to talk about. Not only what's going on in France and the and the big lie around what's happening in France, but also about not only HW and all the people who are uh, using HW's death to bash Trump. It didn't take long. They waited, I think, about forty eight hours, and then this week is going to be what's going on because they've run out of things to talk about. 
you know, cause they, they, they talked about all of his war heroism. They talked about what an amazing guy he was. They talked about this. They talked about that. Now they've run out of things to talk about. So, and, and, and they're glad because then they can go ahead and, uh, and, and start bashing Donald Trump as a result and, and about how, oh, and, and Bush invited, uh, Trump to the to his funeral, even though he probably shouldn't have, and you know, it, it was, and it's the usual suspects too. It, it's the the Weekly Standard guys, Bill Crystal, who I haven't, I don't, I forgot his name, and A.B. Stoddard with the Weekly Standard. It's all these guys, the the, the National Reviewy Weekly Standard types who are who are the ones squawking about this. So I'm going to follow up with that. Also, there is a move afoot on the part of some individuals to make veganism a protected religion. To make veganism a protected religion. And we have the Apple CEO who is talking about hate speech. Now, this is a very interesting uh, development regarding hate speech. And and, and I, I don't like that terminology because it's very subjective, first of all. And secondly, it's a typical example of like the the left always uses it to sometimes even eat their own, which they're doing in the case of Mark Lamont Hill at Temple University. The president there is talking about how uh, they can't tolerate hate speech. They can't tolerate this, can't tolerate that. And it, it was the same thing that that uh, that Stacey Newman and her gang used to bring me down this nebulous, undefinable concept known as hate. And once you develop this idea that something is hate speech or that you're speaking in hateful language, that becomes the thing. It's, it becomes no difference th- than sexual harassment or theft from work. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's so again, uh, you know, hate speech, speaking hatefully, nobody really knows what that is. It's why I've always been opposed to the concept of a hate crime because I believe that any crime that could be called a hate crime and, and think about it, usually it is a, uh, a, 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 a an attack on somebody like, uh, you know, a, a clan uh, burning cross or something like that. But that's already covered under the laws. Uh, under harassment and vandalism and all those kinds of things. So to create a new crime that is called a hate crime doesn't seem to me to be a, 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 a defensible mode in terms of how we operate because technically every crime is a hate crime. Anytime you look at what the knockout game is, you don't think that's a crime of hate? Now, it might not be racial hate, although it just so happens that all the perpetrators are black and all the recipients of the punches are white, but who's counting, right? But nonetheless, you, uh, you, 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 uh, you can't really define what a hate crime is, and I'm, I'm against calling things a hate crime because everything – a robbery is a hate crime if you really want to put it, put it that way. So, but, but there are laws against robbing people. There are laws against assaulting people, and so let's leave it at that. But we have a new generation of individuals who uh, who are utilizing the concept of hate crime or hate language or hate speech to go after people and and take take people out 
uh, and separate people from their living, separate people from their contracts and things like that. And that is what Stacey Newman did to me. So Apple CEO Tim Cook gets out there and has one of these really insufferable speeches. It's just it's one of the most effete, just highbrow, nose in the air liberal, holier-than-thou speeches I've, I've ever heard. And so we're going to follow up on that as well. But the veganism thing is interesting to me. This is where uh, these vegans want the same protections as uh, people who are of a religion. So they, they, want, to, uh, uh, they, they, they want to basically say to themselves, uh, and, and this is actually uh, the, a case in Britain that's coming up, to decide whether ethical veganism is a philosophical belief that should be afforded the same protections as religion. So we're going to kind of focus on that. I know people who are vegan. They're not necessarily religious about it. They wouldn't ever talk about it being a religious thing, but they are vegan, and, and vegans are cool. I, you know, I, I know uh, a couple of them uh, well, and they they do very well eating wise and everything else, and they uh, they basically try to uh, avoid uh, certain kinds of foods if they can, and most of the time they they do. Uh, and so they, you know, they, they don't even eat fish for that matter. They're, they're just, they're all, it's all vegan all the time. And there are lots of really kind of really good food. That's just strictly designed to be vegan food. It's actually pretty darn good. Tell you the truth. Although I, I do have to tell you, I, I'm not quite to the point now where I actually can, can like the, um, the faux meat, you know, like the, like the things that make up the meat like there there was like whole foods has this thing called uh general shows uh you know nuggets or something and they're like these soy nuggets or something like that i'm thinking that's not gonna really go very well in my stomach i just don't feel that i don't think that's gonna be that doesn't feel like that's something that'll work for me so uh there you go so thank you uh father tom father tom's gonna give me uh Sending me to get some schnapps with herbal spice in it. That sounds pretty good. I that that would be uh that would be pretty uh yeah. Um it, wait a minute, is 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 Stacy Newman uh Margaret, tell me, is Stacy Newman uh Facebook posting on me right now? Because if she is, she's the dumbest hag on earth. But is she actually is she actually doing that right now? Or is it is it just something old? I don't know. Thank you, Miss Margaret. Let me know what's um what's going on with that, uh, and if, if it's old stuff, if it's new stuff, uh, that's interesting. We'll see how she's uh, what she's going to do. Because if she's if she was uh, if she was attempting to or is attempting to kind of regenerate all of her protesting or doing whatever in the wake of uh, Radio Free Almond two point she's got another thing coming. But uh, it's uh, but let me know if 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 in fact she's uh, she you shared them last night. I didn't I didn't know that. But let me know if if actually she's uh, doing this again, and and I'll I'll uh, I'll follow up on uh, uh, I'll follow up on that. So we've got that to talk about, which I think is interesting. And we also have the folks over at the uh, Harvard. This grad student wanted to move 
after the roommates discovered one of their roommates actually had a had a gun and and uh here here's what happened is that this uh woman on uh the campus of Harvard lives in an apartment with several roommates and they just basically just you know obviously put put together all their uh okay thank you dear uh, thank you, Margaret. I appreciate you reposting those because that stuff's actually going to be very, very highly relevant in the coming month or so. We There was a reason why initially I told you there'd be some kind of action taken in October. We had to delay that in the, in the the because of the settlement stuff that we had to do with Entercom. But now um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, an interesting new year for Stacey Newman. So thank you for all of that. So anyway, uh, th- these people needed to share an apartment. And so one weekend, while this uh, woman, Layla per- Perney, was out of the apartment, her roommates decided to search her room without her permission to see if she had any guns. And when they found that she did have some guns, they held a meeting. Can you imagine this? Your roommate's holding a meeting. It's like, where, where, where do the old days go? When your roommates would go out and order a keg. But no, these, they had a meeting and wrote a letter to the landlord demanding his intervention. And then this guy, Dave Lewis, the, the, the landlord, took the side of the other roommates and suggested it would be best if she moved out. Why does she was preparing for finals? I, I mean, this is this is really pretty amazing. They uh, they interviewed her on uh, on Fox News. They did a whole story on this on Fox and Friends. It was pretty pretty interesting. A Massachusetts landlord telling a grad student to move out because her legally owned firearms are making her roommates uncomfortable. <laughs> who's who's this woman with? Uh, Email that land uh, that landlord writing this, and I quote: "Since it's clear that Leila, Leila wants to keep her firearms, it would be best for all parties if she finds another place to live." Well, what happened to the right to bear arms? Joining us now, I think it's cool that that there's even a Harvard grad student with guns. You know, because you hear all this stuff about how Harvard's this liberal enclave and. Harvard's this and Harvard's that and 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 all the liberal Harvard, but uh, but we've got uh, hey Daniel, the U two guy. Yeah, are you are we going to uh, are we going to you got to? I, I I've been so busy lately. I've been working on this radio stuff, this other uh, dial radio stuff. I forgot. Uh, I think Daniel's going to come in uh, Thursday or Friday, right? Remind me of the U two. YouTube band name again for crying out loud. I'm sorry, Daniel. I'll get to it. Maybe I'll play a little YouTube today. Who knows? So anyway, I think it's cool that even though Harvard is, uh, you know, this liberal enclave, here's some chick on the campus, a grad student with guns in her apartment. It's pretty cool. Story, grad student, Layla, is it Pierney? Did I get Pirney, it right? Yes. Pierney, Okay. Thank you very much for joining <laughs> us, Layla. Thanks Appreciate for it. having me. So- <laughs> I love it. Is it sexist to me to like like her like her voice? Thank you for having me. I have a cache of weapons in my closet. I love that. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm just uh, you too hype. Thank you, Mama K. Mama K remembers because Mama K remembers because Pepperidge Farm remembers. Mama K remembers. Thank you, Mama K. You guys are so darn reliable. Even when I'm not, 
You guys are darn reliable. I think you guys are going to get a chance to meet Brandy, too, because she's going to come in with uh, with Daniel as well. You're coming in Thursday, right, brother? I have, I forgot to ask you. I did, I, I, I did this when you uh, did the uh, – no, Bill, coffee cups aren't available. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get those. I'm gonna get those. That's a good idea. Didn't think about that. Uh, Brandy might be coming in with Daniel. Or I forgot. I did. Um, I did write you back on Facebook. I think I asked you whether you're gonna need any equipment or something because this is a studio. So I'm thinking maybe you could do like an acapella or something. I don't know. Well, I'm not gonna put you on the spot right now, but we'll do it. But. Uh, no, no, Jimmy, you're right. It's not sexist because women are awesome, aren't they? So I'm really not. I'm I'm really just kind of in this mode where I, th- I just think it's so funny because here's this beautiful Harvard grad student and her nice, soft, distinctive voice, and she's got a cache of guns. She's being run out of her apartment for having guns. Okay, thank you very much for joining of us, Layla. Of course, thanks Appreciate for it. having me. So the story seems bizarre on its face. It. These are roommates. They're not friends of yours. You, you decided to room with them. You're at, you're at grad school. Right. Uh, what led them to search for a, a gun that you own legally? Because right. they're jackasses. you imagine searching somebody's room for guns? I mean, I, I, see, I see even though Harvard is not really necessarily uh, all a liberal enclave since uh, – We've got a person here in, in in the formulation of uh, our friend Layla, who's not one. But it seems like it for for the most part, the majority of them, because it's, it, because their roommates are the ones doing it, they're being brought up typically in the world of uh, fascist leftism by deciding that they're just going to go ahead and search somebody's room for weapons. Crazy. So that's the big question that I have, and. Every time I want an answer, it's a different lie. But one comment that struck me was just, well, you're from the South. We saw you have this hat that we don't really care for. But I mean, I have been given so many lies about reasons they might have been in there that I just don't even know. Right, so after your roommates raided your room when you weren't home on the basis of potentially your MAGA hat and knowing you were from Alabama, then you get an- So she had a Make America Great Again hat, and she's from Alabama. So she immediately became under suspicion from her fellow roommates. But also, more than that, she immediately was determined not to have the kinds of rights that perhaps other people should have. Does that sound familiar? This is the same pretense, the same pretense that these individuals used to raid the the room of a roommate is the same pretense on the basis of her MAGA hat and being from the South is pretty much the same basis uh, on which Antifa hits people with bite blocks and burns cars down and screams at people in restaurants. And not just Antifa, but the left. They believe that because they have a certain level of disdain, that they also have a certain level of righteousness that exceeds the rights of the people around them. It seems to be a very common thing among these uh, people on the left, and lo and behold, that's what we're facing now. So as a microcosm of what is going on all over the country, thanks to Maxine Waters and all of her flying monkeys, we're seeing now isolated in an apartment in Massachusetts on the uh, near the campus of Harvard University. Pretty crazy. 
from your landlord that asks you to move out during finals because it's making them your your lawful gun ownership is making them uncomfortable. Now, can you walk us through what happened next with the is it the police department or the sheriffs? First of all, I can't imagine a landlord having the well, I guess suggesting somebody move on is different than evicting them. But and that came. Can you right. walk us through that? So I just invited Captain Donovan over just so that he could tell my landlord everything is safe. Everything is legal. There's no need to worry. And he did that, but despite all that, my landlord still said, despite the fact that this is legal and safe, um, it seems that people's feelings are hurt, so <laughs> oh, the you feelings. should leave. Feeling, yeah, the feelings oh, are hurt. Lord. You know, here's the thing. I think the guy who was the, uh, I think even when Eddie Murphy uh, was on Saturday Night Live, and remember when, when, um, when, uh, when Eddie Murphy was, uh, let me see if I can find it here. <laughs> There's actually a, uh, the, you remember remember when Eddie Murphy was on Saturday Night Live? I, I bet it's so, I bet it's so off the grid that I don't even, uh, I, I don't even hear. Maybe this is it. The I, let me, remember when he was uh, doing his uh, here. Let's see here. Let me do this. I, maybe I'll find. Oh, here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Here, let me just do this. Uh, I just want to make sure it's some things are not necessarily clean. Let me just see if I can find it here. Because it's just fun to do this. Well, first of all, there's, you're going to hear an ad. What's the ad for? A Jetta. We won't attempt to talk you out of your Volkswagen Jetta. A test drive will do the talking for us. Yeah, hey, Volkswagen GM. Volkswagen Drive to Decide event. Get a Volkswagen with America's best six-year, 72,000 See, the, even the Jettas are kicking your butt. Get a $1,000 bonus on select 2019 Jetta and 2018 okay. Tiguan and Atlas 2.0 T-Mobile. The offer ends October 31st, 2018. Remember this? Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Making a brand new friend for life. Too bad that I was making it with the landlord wife. It's <laughs> nice to be out with a friend who won't tell what we've been doing in local motels. Will you be mad? Will you be mad? I'm glad she is my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. Look, this is a present I found on my doorstep today. It was left here by an old friend of mine named Juanita. We had a real special friendship. You know, friends like to give each other things. I gave something to Juanita one night. It's true, Lisa. It is when Saturday Night Live was, uh, was funny. Times one night, boy. <laughs> and now Juanita has given me something. Let's see what it is. It weighs about seven pounds. <laughs> and it smells like rotten milk. <laughs> And it snores, boys and girls. <laughs> Baby. Ooh, it has been a long time since I've seen Juanita. About nine months. <laughs> Here's the riddle, boys and girls. What's black and Puerto Rican and has my eyes? <laughs> it's 
today's new way. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, that's and that's the old days of Eddie Murphy. But I'm I'm getting there. Hang on. <laughs> Bastard says Mr. Robinson's favorite. <laughs> Can you use this word in a sentence? <laughs> Cab drivers can. <laughs> Do you know where babies come from, boys and girls? I'll tell you. When a man loves a woman very much, they lay down and the man gives the woman $20. <laughs> Sometimes they lay down in the backseat of a Buick. Sometimes mommies and daddies can't have a baby, so they use an adoption agency. But if a mom is an alcoholic, and the daddy don't have no job, they use another place. He's picking up the phone. Can you say black market, boys and girls? <laughs> Lord. Hello, Ratso? What's the going rate on newborn males? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not exactly white. He's kind of an off-white. <laughs> How much? Ooh, $1,000? Gee, babies really are a bundle of joy, aren't they, boys and girls? <laughs> Robinson, you homewrecker! Open up! <laughs> Why, it's our old friend, Mr. Landlord. I didn't tell him about us, Robinson! I swear it! Shut up, you tramp! <laughs> And he's with my new friend, Mrs. Landlord. <laughs> I'll get you for playing around with my wife, Robinson. No jury in the world's gonna convict me. <laughs> you know, one thing about babies, boys and girls, is sometimes you have to take them for a little stroll, like in another state. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll sell this brat tomorrow for a cool one brand. Goodbye, boys and girls. Oh well, I actually I actually thought that was going to be something different, but it was still funny nonetheless. You do remember when Eddie Murphy's character was like, "I'm gonna kill my landlord, kill my landlord." That one, remember that one? Because apparently that's a thing now. There's like like even a, like a band named Kill My Landlord or something. I'm gonna kill my landlord. It's like I, I never saw even anything even happen to him when he said he was going to kill his landlord. It's a fun diversion. I can play that Saturday Night Live stuff out the, 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 all day long. He's like, I'm going to kill my... And, and even then, nobody bothered him. But this poor girl has weapons in her house, and her roommates are searching her room, and her landlord's coming and, and wanting to kick her out of the apartment. I know that... She's, and she hasn't even threatened to kill her landlord. It's my understanding that Massachusetts does not have gun-free zones. However, in your lease with this company, did it state at, at anywhere in there that you were not allowed to have guns on the premises? Absolutely not, no. Hmm. Then, then they have, like, zero. They have no case at all like on this, this one. So I don't know because I'm gearing up for finals right now, and I don't know how he'll want to approach any of this, and hmm. I don't know how my roommates want to approach it, so... We'll have to see, but I have had a bunch of attorneys reach out and mm. say they'd like to help out, so we'll see well, we where it ends We should not get to up. a place in this country where you can't legally own a gun, especially in a, in a, in a binding contract right. where it says, uh, where nowhere does it say you can't. Right. That's the thing. In the absence of that specificity, yeah. then that, you know, the, you as the, as the tenant, you deserve that and you are lawfully 
expecting that. So yeah, I, I, I think uh, the People's Court has uh, rendered the verdict on this one, and that is that uh, she has every right to stay in her apartment and, and actually can't be evicted because she hasn't violated any aspect of the lease whatsoever. I will uh, suggest one thing while everybody's giving advice to Layla Perney. I would get the hell out of there as fast as possible because your roommates are a horrible person. And actually, you want to be the one uh, who is evicting them because I'm not quite sure. I don't know what the contract says about the comportment of people who live there because you all are kind of like doubling up and living them. But it seems to me that searching somebody's room for something uh, doesn't on just on spec doesn't necessarily seem to be something that is uh, a defensible kind of uh, method of operation. It doesn't seem to be uh, <laughs> a good thing. But but if I'm her, I'm just getting out of there anyway. Obviously, unless she really loves the apartment, which, of course, it looks like it's more of a utilitarian decision for her anyway. Uh, she's just bunking up with a bunch of people and everybody's paying rent. So unless she really loves the apartment, if I'm her, I'm getting the hell out of there on my own. Nobody needs to tell me to get out of there. But the reality, though, is, again, the roommates raid her room because she has a MAGA hat and she's from Alabama. This is a microcosm of what is happening all over the country with left-wing thugs who believe that they have all the pretense in the world to attack you, verbally abuse you, interrupt your dinner, raid your room if they're a roommate of yours, all the pretense in the world to go ahead and and violate you in any way, shape, or form because they believe that they are morally and ethically superior to you and because they have emotions attached to whatever they're doing. And uh, that's that's the trouble with this country right now. It's not divisive people. It's not a divisive president. It is Americans who are paying little or no attention to the rights of other Americans nor their responsibilities when it comes to being an American. Seems pretty simple to me. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios, ddtruckusa.com, it is our national anthem.
What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 West Fort Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Wine beneath the bed The things we done and said And all the memories that come Glancing back to me In my loneliness Standing in the breach Beyond that stretch But out of breach And consciousness has found me Sometimes wondering Good morning this morning We are live here from the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Studios Speaking of sponsors, thank you so much to Michael Proctor. Spot, Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Michael celebrating his 45th year in the window fashion business, and what a great guy he is. Mobile design unit on down the line. He'll come to your house seven days a week. It's hard to beat the prices. His main competitors happen to be individuals who are in the High-class fashion window treatment business, and he gives them a run for their money, that's for sure. All the variety you need, all the great hardware, and he's your interior designer, too. I heard somebody on some other radio show, it was, a, it was a, like a satellite thing, offering up this stuff and saying, Hey, uh, you could do this and this and this. Just uh, Before you do that, call our interior designer. It's free. It's like, I'm going to call somebody else. I just called you. Tell me to call somebody else now. And that's what's great about Michael Proctor. He's your interior designer. He's your guy. He's the guy who's going to be the eyes for you and tell you what you need. A lot of people just want to be kind of told, what do I need here? Just, I don't want to have to fight with my wife or my husband over this. Just tell us what you think we need. And that's what's so great about it. One of my favorite artists, I'll tell you, Van Morrison. What a guy. What a man. Another one of those guys who just kind of gets out there and does his music and uh, and and gets gets the job done, man. He's a great musician, great voice, and, uh, and keeps his nose clean, so to speak. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not out there babbling on about politics or this or that. I do know that what's great about him, aside from his, uh, his musical prowess, Van Morrison's also a very, uh, very spiritual guy. And, uh, and I, I love much of his, uh, spiritual music. Because there's a lot of it out there, uh, and, and and you know, for instance, he he does a lot of kind of like rock and that kind of stuff, but uh, you know, and, and regular old classics. And this one's a great one. Spanish Rose is a uh, great one, but this is a really good one. This is called uh, "These Are the Days," and, and 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 this is definitely about God and about taking advantage of what you have and living your life. 
the way you want to. I hope people don't. I hope Facebook doesn't take me off. They're too busy annoying people with other stuff. But uh, so there's this. I, I, I want. I'm not going to press my luck. I don't want to cause any problems this early. But in this particular uh, song, uh, Van Morrison makes a reference to the great magician, and. And uh, he's he's just a beautiful singer, and you, somebody mentioned this. There's an interesting thing where you guys were talking about how he um, also plays a lot of great Irish music as well. He's like does some Irish stuff. He. Uh, I won't. I won't go. I'm not going to go. But you know, the other day I was looking at a YouTube video of him. He actually stopped by. It looked like it was like one of these mega churches, and he uh, he uh, he sang into the mystic. It was God. God, it was great. I mean, it was. He sang. He's and he's an older guy now, and he was. Uh, he sang into the mystic live, and man, that was good. What if I could find that again? Maybe I'll try to find it. I don't think you guys want to bother with me trying to find that, but but it's it was really good. It was really good. I think it was Sunday. I don't know. I'm not going to mess with it now because I, I don't want to. Then I'll just get into the mire here and I'll talk all day long about Van Morrison. I will have one more thing to add though about this. And, and, and by the way, Amy pointed out earlier that um, the reason why I couldn't find the the uh, SNL skit where Eddie Murphy is doing Kill My Landlord is because he didn't do it. <laughs> it was Tyrone Green. So, uh, and he, he said, C-I-L, my landlord. So, I, I'm sorry. Thank you, Amy, for that because you guys are all uh, smart. But, you know, it's interesting to listen to uh, to Van Morrison. But, yeah, he was, he was, he was singing at some, he stopped by some mega church or something and saying, Into the Mystic. Into the Mystic is incredible anyway and the original one the one i love is like 1969 his piano player still plays with him by the way and uh he was interviewed and and he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews and he was interviewed about his music and and whether you know and, and how he um feels about his music and they asked him like for instance about brown eyed girl and 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 actually he he's not a big fan of that song <laughs> Made him a lot of money, but you'd be you'd be surprised sometimes when you talk to these artists about what they really like. And some of them, you know, there there are songs that basically paid the bills and 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 made it possible for them to do all kinds of other things. But they uh, they he did not really look fondly on Brown Eyed Girl. And yeah, I mean, you can imagine sometimes it's, you know, kind of like when music, when comedians are out there and, and, you know, they're interviewed and like, be funny. Remember you said blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, I, I do. I do remember that. But, you know, I'd, I'd rather play something else. But he's got it. But he's always got to keep in mind that, that that's what a lot of people who come see him want to hear. So Van Morrison's really good about kind of, uh, Throwing out the red meat, so to speak, you know. So he'll entertain you and give you all that kind of stuff, but he really is interested in the other stuff. It's kind of like Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra couldn't stand my way. He 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 that he hated that song. He didn't like viscerally hate it, but but my way was not 
was Sinatra didn't like singing that song. <laughs> oh, it's funny though, because it, actually, it's not really the the best Sinatra song out there anyway, because it, it doesn't have a whole lot of ability to kind of you know, it's kind of you know my that kind of thing. It's, there's nothing really jumpy or uh, or you know how, how he jumps on top of notes like a cheetah jumps on an injured caribou. You know he he can't do that with my way. That's probably why he doesn't really like uh, like it singing it that much. But you know what? When he when he did his concerts, he sang it because people wanted to hear it. People like Margaret wanted to hear my way. And uh, yeah, Julie, someone like you is another one. Is a g- really beautiful song. Uh, yeah, I'm a big uh, fan of man. I know Julie is too. And. Uh, and yeah, so Margaret loves all the songs some of these guys don't like to play, but that doesn't matter because Margaret, when you go to their concerts, they'll play them for you and they'll play them well and they'll play them lovingly and everything else. So when you see Van Morrison in concert, he'll do Brown Eyed Girl like he loves that song. And that's what a pro does, right? That's what pros do. They, uh, they do what they need to do. Folks, I want to tell you, by the way, I don't, I, I'm going to tell you about a story that I don't really believe and I know that in this cynical media world, um, there are you, you know what we ought to do one day, you guys, is I could that's one of the great things about 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 Facebook is I could actually when we have like for instance our Christmas special, which I don't know whether we're we're gonna have one, I just don't know what that's gonna look like. But I'll take all I can take requests from you guys. And play, and if I have it, I'll play it. If I don't, I'll find it and buy it and play it for you, right on iTunes, and get, we'll all get kicked off together, off of Facebook together. How does that sound? Good morning, this morning, everybody. Good morning. Yeah, I the the story that I'm not buying, it, it because it 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 seems like it's way too. It's it's almost implausible. Did you see the story? Uh, about the people who were this guy who was doing the uh, Christmas vacation thing, and, and he has the uh, the 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 uh, Griswold hanging from the roof, and, and and it's a story that I actually I'm not buying this story. And I and I and I, I I feel bad because I'm I feel like I'm being too cynical, but but I'm not buying it for a second, and I'll play it for you in just a little bit. But it, you you guys have heard the story by now because everybody's doing the story, right? And and everybody's doing the story about a passerby panicked, thinking that it was really Clark, really a man hanging from his gutters, like Clark Griswold did, because the guy actually put a dummy up there. He's trying to win his neighborhood Christmas decorating contest, and so he put an image of Clark Griswold up there from Christmas Vacation, like a like a visage of like a body hanging from the thing. And apparently, some guy just happened to be walking by. And thought it was really a guy hanging from the thing and panicked, and he was and he was caught on their, on their, uh, you know their, their their surveillance video and all this kind of stuff. And everybody's doing the story, but I don't know. Did any of you, when you watched the story, did any of you kind of call BS on the story? I did, and I hope it's not because I'm I'm uh, I'm overly cynical. I don't believe things as much as I maybe used to in the past. 
but I don't buy this. I don't know. For, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to it in a second. But you guys remember Christmas Vacation and the whole deal. I, don't, I want to know if you guys have heard about the story yet. Here's the other thing about fake news you need to hear. I don't know. I don't know whether you've seen this video. You realize that the media is barely covering this, what's going on in, in France. I mean, do you guys have any idea what the hell is going on over there? I know you guys do. But uh, I, I, a lot, yeah, I, Tim, I think it's bull, bull-loney too. I mean, I really do. I, I, I feel bad about thinking it's bull because everybody wants to have fun at Christmas. But this one's a way to, you know, it's so funny because they have this thing. They have the the guy. It just so happens it's like some, you know, and the guy's a veteran who's panicked and everything else. But uh, well, I'll do the story in a bit, man. I would. I, I was trying to have. I was trying to tease it. Yeah. So I, then I do it, and then I would do it later. But anyway, we'll 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 uh, we'll uh, we'll do that anyway. So this tax revolt that's going on. Oh, that's okay, man. That's all right. You're just trying to be helpful. But I was trying to I was trying to tease people to wait for it. <laughs> it's all right, man. I'm going to do it in a few minutes anyway. It's not a big deal. Yeah, Deborah, I, I saw that you saw the story too. You didn't buy it. Here, you want me just to do it now? I'll do it now. Since the cat's out of the bag anyway, and I'm going to do it in a second, and then we'll get to the bigger issue of what's going on over there in France. Because I don't know whether you know, there's a there's a reason why this isn't really being reported to any kind of degree as a big story because because believe me if these people i i guarantee you if these people out on the street in paris were all protesting global warming how fast and and rioting over global warming how fast do you think that that this would be the lead story in every newscast if these people were rioting over over global warming save our save our globe Goal, globe, Sa- save our planet. I mean, if they were rioting over, if they were rioting over Donald Trump, you think you think it'd be? Uh, do you think you think it'd be something that would be the lead story of the news? Of course, but they're rioting over something different, and it's not what all the big government people want to hear. So it's not being covered at all. Then later on, remember when Casey was on with me yesterday? And I told him about the government's plot to import a bunch of people from India and China and everything else to compete with your sons and daughters and our young people, just graduated from college, and even indeed you. Well, you know what? Republicans and Democrats have gotten together to pull off yet another one of these import plans. It's a bill out there. The Department of Homeland Security is raising hell over it, but not no sooner did I mention yesterday what these guys are doing is that they came up with a, with a plan to make it even more prevalent that they'd be importing a bunch of people to compete with Americans using the visa program for their, all their globalist masters. So I'm going to get to that in a second. Mark Cason's talking about how we need to get everybody educated. Yeah, what good's an education in this country if you graduate from Rolla with a degree in engineering and Haji's taking your job or Ping Ling is taking your job? What good is, what is, what, what good is a, a, a degree that's even paid for in, in Mark's wet dream? What good's a degree if, if, you, gotta, if, you, if you turn around and there's some dude from India taking your job? 
long long time ago. They didn't have to. They didn't even wait. Uh, the, the, the they didn't even uh, a while back. The, I I knew people who were training people to uh to, to training Haji to to do their job because they were on the way out and Haji was on the way in. It's unbelievable. So anyway, I'll I'll talk about that because I was right again. And I hate it when I'm right sometimes because I told Mark that that's the, that's the deal. I thought they were going to actually go in the, the other way, and, and I, I didn't have any doubt I was right. What I'm saying is, you know, it's reconfirmed. It drives me nuts. Not but a day later. Now, uh, one quick thing, though, uh, Mama Kay. You know, my, my sister uh, about the Alaska earthquake, my sister lives in uh, Homer, Alaska. I was there a couple of years ago. In fact, beautiful Homer, Alaska. It's like a little bit of a slip. Um, and it's, it goes out into the water there. And I was really concerned about her because she's about four and a half, five hour drive from Anchorage, which is a beautiful place, by the way. And they had that 7.0 earthquake there, but, uh, nothing, uh, she, I was worried about the tsunami, but that thing went away pretty fast. So, uh, they, do, they didn't have the problem of the, of the tsunami, uh, that I thought they were going to have it because the tsunami would have, would have gone right over, uh, my sister in Homer. So we were very concerned about all that, but didn't happen. And and they had a they had a pretty big earthquake up there a while back, um, back way back in the, in the day, and it kind of changed the entire look of Anchorage, Alaska. All right, on to this story, which I think is fake. Here, he's been waiting on this story all morning. Yes. They can laugh about it now, but a play on one of the most well-known holiday movies and. Wit's personal favorite created a bit of a frightful moment. Exactly. Maybe even- none, of, none of this passes the smell test at all. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Heck, you could say it started with a family's tribute to a Christmas comedy classic. Adrian here with all the details. We know where this is going. Yes, we know that you love the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. movies. A lot of folks do. I think you just might be a Griswold wit. Uh, <laughs> this family in Texas went all out to capture that same hilarious holiday spirit. But imagine if one of the scenes of that movie came to life with all of the chaos and all of the... Boy, do they take a long time to get to these stories. It's like they, they have one lead in. I, it's my, one of the pet peeves of mine with, with, with a lot of... Uh, and I'm taking a long time to get to the story. I realize that. But one of my pet peeves about the, the broadcast news, it's like these guys waste so much time. You have the anchors, first of all. They're going, eh, meanwhile, blah, 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 blah. Then they pitch to a reporter who basically just repeats what they just said. And then they go to the story. It's like, get to the story already for crying out loud. And and, and they do that with all these. That's with all these uh, ridiculous live Live things they do when they, you know, when they pitch live to somebody at ten o'clock at night, standing outside a darkened building, you know, like a like a, you know, a, a school district office or something like that. Let's go live now to Bill Johnson standing outside for whatever reason, a darkened building. Tell him to t- to repeat what we just said. Take, by then it's about thirty seconds, and in television, thirty seconds is an eternity. All right. Anyway, get just get to it, will you, lady? All this family wanted to do is win their neighborhood Christmas home decoration contest. Instead, they freaked out a total stranger. The Heerlein family of Austin, Texas, put up a display that's a true. So this guy comes, this guy. So so what you just heard is, is it's, it's surveillance video of the guy uh, going to the house. And, and, and running to the house where they have the, you know, the ladders kind of, you know, 
candy wampus and the guy's hanging from there and the guy's like oh lord please hold on and it's like you know he runs up to the to the to the house to rescue the guy i'm like what of americana they used a dummy on the edge of the roof and a ladder meant to look like it's tipping over just like this scene from the movie national lampoon's christmas vacation as clark griswold attempts to hang christmas lights Really but good Alfred idea using Norwood that. Jr., a veteran who just happened. That to- staple gun, by the way, it's, a, that, it's something I need to start thinking of as a staple gun. But anyway, so this this goes on, and and this this story just doesn't really. And the guy's a veteran, so you kind of feel bad, like you know he's a veteran. So now now I feel like a jackass for doubting the story, but I just don't believe the story for a second. But Alfred Norwood Jr., a veteran who just happened to be passing by, thought it was a real person in distress. His panic captured on the family's front porch camera. He tried to move the ladder to help the man, not knowing it was a mannequin. Can you reach it? Waving people down in traffic. Help! While on the phone with 911. So I turned around and started calling for help, and nobody wanted to stop. We took it to a whole nother level. You're welcome uh, over for hot cocoa any day. <laughs> the family contacted Alfred and thanked him for caring. Hundreds of people drive by this house every day seeing that mannequin hanging up there. And I'm standing by the one guy who cared enough to save somebody's life. He jumped out and did it. Thank you so much. The Appreciate only it. one that stopped. Welcome. Yeah, this does not. Anyway, I'm not trying to pick on these people, but just look at the story yourself, and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm asking too, man. Is like so. So he goes up, he starts moving the thing. The guy's just sitting there. It's a it's a dummy. I mean, it doesn't take long to figure out that it's a it's a dummy, but he keeps having a conversation with this with this dummy. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, let's put it this way. This is probably fake, but you got to hand it to the people for the for juicing this thing up. I, I'm just, I'm just telling you. I, I, you know, and the guy. You look at the guy, and he's like, "Oh Lord, I don't know." It, it was, <laughs> oh, funny story. All right, so let me get to. I, I got uh, the judge coming here in just a few, but let me let me get to what's going on in um, in Paris. And again, as I pointed out, this is really kind of, I've been to Paris before, and the last time we saw this kind of violence near the Arc de Triomphe, as they call it, now I I realize I was making fun of broadcasters who were doing the whole Guatemala and Honduras, but you you don't really say Arc de Triomphe, you don't really say that that way. I don't know, is there a difference? There kind of is, I guess. You, 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 over there at the Arc de Triumph, they were, I wouldn't say, I mean, Arc de Triumph. I don't know what that is. But the last time we saw this kind of violence around the Arc de Triumph was when Hitler was rolling in. Not kidding you. I mean, it, well, maybe there was something since then, but it's so weird to watch these riot police happening upon the, the so-called yellow jackets. Now, these are people who are wearing, like, yellow vests. You guys, How many of you have really uh, paid attention to this uh, in, in any way, shape, or form? Because I know the regular news media 
is not really covering this story very much. And when they do cover it, they're, they're calling these people who are protesting a bunch of leftists, and they're not a bunch of leftists. That's the whole point. These are working people. These are, these are people who 70% of Parisians drive to work in their cars. Casey the other day was, was babbling on about the TGV and how amazing the subway system is and the train system is in Paris, but people don't use it to go to work. They drive. So when you add these monstrous gas tax taxes on to people's livelihoods and lives in your weird effort to get people off of fossil fuels, the reason was even worse to raise the gas tax to exact some kind of behavior on the part of Parisians or, and, and Frenchmen. And it's like, well, that's, you know, like if your government, like, like our government does this, but they do it where they're making your lives miserable. Uh, to a certain degree, there is this idea that they can coerce some kind of behavior. So, you know, for instance, the uh, the increase of the, of the mileage standards and that kind of thing was designed to get automakers to make cars that were more fuel efficient. It wasn't really to get people to stop driving cars. Uh, and they're really and, – and, and some environmental regulations are designed to exact a certain level of behavior. But this one was – an absolute, just open, bald-faced plot on the part of the French government to basically try to make life so painful for its own citizens that they would stop driving cars to reduce their dependence on fossil fuel. And the uh, and that really pissed off the French. I mean, these people, you know, these people were not happy with this, and and you know most of what you're seeing. And I'm glad you pointed this out. Uh, let's see who did, who did there. Oh, uh, Martha, thank you very much for that, dear. Uh, you realize that, that most of the activity happens on the weekends. Why does most of the activity happen on the weekends? Because these people are not just a bunch of weird Antifa, left wing, stinky hippies. These are people who work. Because the working people, the working class of France, this is hurting them and this is going to hurt them. So the news media, if it reports on the story at all, because the news media loves statist governance. They love dependence on government. They're all a bunch of liberals. That's why. And so when they have basically people doing an act that ultimately would be considered a conservative act, that is fighting an increase in taxes, they don't want to cover this. I guarantee you, had these people been rioting over the need to reduce greenhouse gases or had they been rioting against Donald Trump, the evil doer of the U.S., it'd be front page news. But it's not. And, 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 and things are getting violent. There's a guy who died, actually, uh, because he, I think he got run over by a car or something like that. But these gasoline taxes are making people really mad. This is the riot police heading towards the Arc de Triomphe. And Stop, 
basically knocking some heads. There's tear gas and batons, and then these, these people then, these people, what they're doing, they're throwing rocks at these police who descended on them. Now they're throwing, like, rocks and stuff at them, which I do not, uh, which I do not think is uh, appropriate by any stretch. I even, I, I, I'm, I'm pro-law enforcement even if they're Parisian police. So, but the problem is there's no management of this crisis. There's no, uh, this, this is like a real problem for, for the people of France. Jimmy's like, put down the baguette and no one will hurt, get hurt. Yeah, I thought, I thought maybe if, if I were going to, you know, it, it's funny until someone gets hurt, right? I thought maybe I was going to actually do a thing where, you know, I could go in and the, and the French police would be, pardon-moi, if you would please uh, evacuate the Arc de Triomphe with your yellow jacket on, it would be most appreciated. They'd go up to the... Uh, the lady yellow jackets and start to uh, use their hands to roll back their hair. My darling, you look so beautiful today. But no, it was not to be. A la Pepe Le Pew, you know. When you think about, like, we had this big debate over baby, it's cold outside. Try, try, when when it comes to real sexual harassment, try looking up Pepe Le Pew. I mean, that was like, <laughs> that was some crazy stuff right there, the Pepe Le Pew thing. Yeah, do you have any gray Poupon? I mean, there's a lot of ways you could make fun of this. Here, let me, let me now, now, now you're getting me on the, I've had a, this has been a fun day because I've been able to, uh, look at Margaret speaking French. Uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, writing French. Two years of French studies. There you go, buddy. Bois de Bois, uh, Pepe Le Pew. Now, <laughs> even as a even as a kid, I I was I was watching this as a kid, and, and even I watching it as a kid was kind of like, that's kind of uh, that's kind of that, they called him persistent at the time, but it's a little. <laughs> He like go up to like to uh, to people and to these other cats and things like that. He thought they were skunks, but he loved a cat because he thought it was Pedalming. Come here. I mean, Lord, he like hug hug these cats. Jimmy's like, everything I know about romance, I learned from Peppy. Yes, you bet. <laughs> really now? Oh, and then they had a... A lot of this is visual. Let me get to him. He's like, oh, my darling, you look so... And I, like, that would never go over very well. But yeah, Peppy Le Pew. And, and that was one... And there's even a, a baby Peppy Le Pew. If you can imagine that. They even had a baby Peppy Le Pew doing that. It's like in a in a, ba- in a in a baby Pepe Le Pew voice. 
rules come to play. This is Baby Peppy. Hiya, kid. I'm Bugs. This is Taz. Mmm, yum, yum, eat cookie. Isn't he the cutest? And then the baby even takes on the actions of Peppy. But, yeah, you talk about, like, uh... Harassment, boy, that's that's right there with uh, Pepe Le Pew. So anyway, uh, back to back to France. So that's why this isn't getting the kind of coverage you normally would see. Or if it is covered, like I said, it would be covered as if it was uh, some kind of left wing crazy movement out there. But even just even on its face, you you know it's not. That's not what that is. That this is a real bona fide movement on the part of the working class of France who are going to be crushed by the increase in the fuel taxes. Now, keep in mind, most of them drive smaller, uh, smaller cars but, and, and, are, and are, are more fuel-efficient cars. But the fact of the matter is that still is, uh, it still is a crippling kind of increase in the gases, in the gas taxes. And so – this is another example of government overreach, but the but the but they're not really covering this uh, because they they uh, don't uh, in my in my opinion because they 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 don't want to play into this whole idea that uh, that for some reason way shape or form that yeah big government is bad even in France and I guarantee you had this been an anti-Trump rally or an anti-Trump March, they would be uh, they'd be all over the story. It was nice to see some uh, other uh, faces coming out of the woodwork. They look pretty good. Did you all see Dick Cheney, by the way, interviewed on the Today Show? Now, keep in mind, remember a while back when the former vice president, who I actually I, I always I always liked Dick Cheney. He was always kind of a, a tough guy and just kind of liked his matter of factness, and uh, he was. Uh, a really good debater, uh, he and John Edwards. That was a that was a great uh, classic debate, uh, and and it was uh, fantastic. So anyway, uh, like Dick Cheney, and so he was the, the defense secretary under H uh, W Bush, and also then of course served as vice president under G W Bush, and it was very interesting how uh, Savannah Guthrie tried to. Um, remind Dick Cheney that H.W. really thought he was kind of over the top or whatever. And uh, Lisa, I don't know whether they're reporting the truth. I don't know what they're reporting in, in France as. I, I, I'd have to take a look at the Paris match and see what that's all about. The Paris match in France. You guys know about that magazine? Apparently, like in France, like the Paris match, they can show nudity in there. You know, it's like, the, it's like showing nudity in People magazine. The Paris match is one of those, uh, one of those operations. But I don't know. I don't know whether they're doing that or not. But the bottom line is the re- reporting of the riots here are. Uh, the, you talk about fake news. Uh, they're definitely misrepresenting who these people are just by calling them a bunch of left wing crazies. Oh, those left wing crazies! They don't like those gas taxes. Like, no, these are working class people who don't like government overreach. Yeah, but we do like government overreach, so we're not going to cover the story. How does that sound? Perfect. Because we figured you'd do that, all the same thing. And as Beth pointed out, make sure you pay attention to when these people, when the Yellow Jackets are most active. You know when they're most active? On the weekends. You know why? Because they work. Anyway, Dick Cheney was looking really good. Uh, I, I, I thought in the past, remember he'd be on TV, 
And you, you'd say, golly, boy, does he look old or he looked decrepit. Maybe he was going through some health issues then. Uh, I don't know. But he's on uh, the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie, and she tries to remind him that, you know, you know, H.W. really didn't uh, like you. She, I mean, she was she was nice about it, I guess. And it, it turned out to be a very nice conversation, and Dick Cheney was nice to her, and so it wasn't like it was a fight. But Dick Cheney answered the question really well. But it's just another example. I've got more of them, by the way, of how the news media is utilizing H.W. to try to put down Donald Trump and pretty much other Republicans who came after H.W. So uh, it's it's really been the utilization of this death to try to exact some form of disdain for the Trump administration, for Trump himself, for the new Republican, which, by the way, the party is the Trump Republican Party now. And there's no getting around it. And it doesn't not make people happy in any way, shape, or form. So anyway, here's uh, Savannah and Dick talking here. Did you stay in touch with him in later years? We all know that he, he had some kind of choice words about you in, um, in, his, in the biography that was written about him. Um, so- By the way, the one really annoying thing about Savannah Guthrie is when she's being patronizing and, uh, and wants to get a dig in but wants to pretend she's not getting a dig in and she has that phony little smile on her face and she's kind of like, you know, um, playing a confidence game with Dick Cheney here. It's like, ugh. Anyway. That he, he had some kind of choice words about you. In, um, in- <laughs> I, I just wanted to remind you that H.W. really didn't like you. What do you think about that? It's like, oh, Lord, lady. It's in the biography that was written about him, um, said you'd gotten kind of hard line in those right. later years. Well, the, the allegation was that, that uh, between my time working for him as Secretary of Defense and my time as Vice President, uh, working for his son, that I'd become a hard ass, I believe was the phrase they used. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's true. I mean, partly because what happened was 9-11. And on 9-11, we lost 3,000 Americans, more than we lost at Pearl Harbor. And uh, given my view of the world and where we were at that time, I was much more of a hard case in that period. Um, interesting, after he had was quoted saying I'd um, gone over to the dark side, not that way, but basically that was a hard case, I got a note from him, handwritten note saying, Dear Dick, I did it. <laughs> and then apologizing and saying nice things about me. And that year when we held the annual alfalfa dinner here in Washington, I was invited uh, by him to sit next to him at the head table. That sort of patched up any uh, any wounds that were there. Oh, I'm sure that means a lot. Especially oh, no, that wasn't really the answer I was looking for, like the straight answer. I was actually looking for you to say something really horrible or for you to be shamed by him. But, he, but once again, you know... Uh, I thought, I, once again, uh, Vice President Cheney handles everything perfectly and as a gentleman and uh, resisted the dig and answered her question. I thought it was actually a very good answer to the question, too. It's like, yeah, I kind of did become a hard ass. I think, I think you tend to be that way when you're vice president and 3,000 of the citizens you represent die at the hands of terrorism. Kind of turns you into a hard ass, Savannah. Bottom line. And, of course, H.W. later realized that uh, as well. All right. So let's uh, break down here, and then we're going to uh, go ahead and, and pick up uh, Judge Napolitano. So uh, we're, what we do is – and because Judge Napolitano um, 
he 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 doesn't like to come. I can't call him cold. Like you know, I call Jim Talent cold. You know, and just call him on the phone. Uh, Judge Napolitano doesn't like that. So I want to do what Judge Napolitano likes, and I tend to be uh, um, more uh, covetous of of doing exactly what Judge Napolitano likes, and he likes it better when um, when I uh, just call him on on a phone and then prepare him and then get him going then. So let me just uh, find the old uh, number here, number there. Okay. All right, so go ahead with the music. What we do is, is Matt play some music. Then uh, we take a little break. So you're going to hear some music. You're gonna, it's kind of some of it goes dark, I think. Uh, and then I go ahead, unplug, and uh, and get a hold of old uh, old Judge Napolitano on my phone. So that's how we do it. All right. So we'll be back in just a second. I'll give you a cue when we're ready to go, Matt. And just indulge me for a couple of minutes here. From the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studio, everybody. And back from a short little break is none other than you know who, you know what he is, you know what he is. He's the judge. I know to you, I may look old. Hope this statement ain't too bold, but here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. Judge Napolitano. Live from New York, it's Judge Napolitano. How you doing, my friend? I'm well, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing great. And, of course, I do want to get into some of the machinations regarding the Mueller probe and everything else. But I know that you also have uh, some reflections on the passing of H.W. I know that you've been talked about this exhaustively, I'm sure, uh, by the folks, your colleagues over there at Fox News. But uh, do you have uh, – what was your association with, with uh, Bush 41? You know, I I only met him uh, a few times, and he was, uh, you know, the usual warm and gracious person we've known him to be. Uh, By the third time that I met him, he, you know, recognized my face and persona and made a couple of wisecracks about how he was two feet taller than I am, (laughs) and that kind of sort of funny thing that Barbara uh, attempted to admonish him for, uh, Barbara and Mrs. Bush. Yes. But uh, he, um, of course manifested a level of uh, civility toward friend and foe alike, uh, the likes of which is alien in the uh, in the current culture. And even though I disagreed with him on some foreign policy 
ventures like the first Gulf War and the kidnapping of uh, Noriega. I think his uh, subtle understanding of foreign policy and his treatment of friend and foe with a sense of goodness and fairness was a gift to the country. I'll give you an example. He was criticized for not going to Berlin and literally dancing on the rubble of the Berlin Wall. And he said two things. First of all, you know, I'm not going to make a fool of myself. Secondly, why would I rub this into Gorbachev's face? I want more concessions out of him. And third, we're trying to unite the two Germanys, not repel them. That's a subtlety, a, a, a level of understanding of the mentality of the people that he was dealing with, which we don't see uh, in government today. And I don't know that it was even appreciated at the time, but it's certainly appreciated by history. No doubt. And I noticed that Angela Merkel even pointed out uh, the elements of that with H.W. as she remembered him and lauded him. And, and, and the Germans certainly do uh, appreciate uh, that level uh, of involvement that he had, which was uh, limited in terms of the, the, the celebration, so to speak, uh, of, the, of the wall being torn down. So what do you in, in terms of civil liberties, there weren't, there weren't a whole lot of things going on, and, or maybe I missed them during the HW administration that actually a lot of it was, uh, uh, was foreign policy related as opposed to domestic, wasn't it? You know, as far as we know, the level of domestic spying, uh, which came to a head under his uh, son's presidency, uh, did not exist in that era. Uh, the FISA court existed, uh, but it kept its work away from uh, the FBI. There was a wall of separation between the intelligence community and the law enforcement community, which, in, in my opinion, is mandated uh, by a prudent understanding of the uh, of the Fourth Amendment. I don't have any gripes with them on that. Uh, I think if he had not raised taxes in his fourth year in office, he would have been reelected. Uh, the Read my lips, no new taxes was such a George H. W. Bush moniker that when he went against that, uh, conservatives uh, really never forgave him. Um, but look, it is that level of civility, that level of goodness of treating even people who trashed him, like Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, with such a, uh, a level of warmth and respect uh, that that almost seems quaint. That uh, is quaint by by today's toxic uh, standards, and I think a lot of us miss that. Boy, they did trash him too, and I mean, and, and and they also left a certain level of disdain for Dan Quayle as well. It was like really, it was really crazy time. So it's, it's not some things are are not new, and and that was the disparagement on the part of some folks of of any anything Republican. And I do know. That when it came time for the taxes, you know, of course, even and then conservatives, of course, had the out there because Ross Perot was in the race. So they thought, well, right. OK, you know, I'll go I'll go with him then. So there, there you go. Um, I know you've been very protective of the integrity of the Mueller investigation, but does that uh, does does that go as far as supporting what? Jeff Flake and Cory Booker and those folks are trying to do in the Senate, and that is with this with this bill that would install. No, it, it does not. It does not. Their their legislation would almost, if it became law, institutionalize this office as some sort of a fourth branch uh, of government. Look, the law is now that the president can fire Mueller for uh, for cause. 
you know, for stealing, for misconduct in office, can't fire him because he he like he, he wants to protect the people Mueller's grand juries are uh, are indicting. And, and though I have a great deal of respect for uh, Jeff Flake, I like as you know people that go against the grain. Um, I, I don't think that this legislation is warranted. Uh, I think it's probably unconstitutional because it would restrain uh, uh, the president's hand. And now it looks like it's dead in the water. Yeah. Now, with uh, less than a minute and a half we have left, I guess, here, I wanted to ask you, uh, from from a judicial uh, and analytical point of view, some people say, okay, the fact that all these other people, these uh, ancillary players are all getting kind of nailed, indicted, caught lying, that kind of thing. That's an indication that Mueller only has ancillary players, uh, ancillary players who are liars and incredible. Other people are saying, well, this is a sure sign that he has something that's leading to President Trump. How would you assess what we're seeing now with all these uh, dominoes falling around the president? The most important words that Michael Cohen uttered as far as we can tell, were not the five minutes of his guilty plea to a federal judge last week. It was the 70 hours of debriefing by Mueller's FBI agents and prosecutors. God only knows what he told them, but whatever it was, uh, they found he was being truthful and they've corroborated it and we're waiting to see how they used it. Depending upon how you break down these lies, you could, you could, show that there were 12 of them or that there were three. If there were 12 of them, he's exposed to 60 years in jail. It's five years per lie. If there were three as opposed to 15, the deal he got exposes him to six months. Now, you don't go from 60 years or even 15 years down to six months without conferring some benefit, some favor, something of value you've given to the government. What that is, we'll find out in due time. But, but those who say all Mueller has are these ancillary players, I, I think they're probably generally unfamiliar with the process of the flipping witnesses. And certainly Mueller and his prosecutors are quite familiar with it. All right. Judge Balatano, great. Uh, I hope you had a, a joyous, blessed Thanksgiving. And I really appreciate you. You are one of those people I am very, very thankful for, especially you. Uh, as I got back into the radio business, you coming uh, with me has been a true blessing indeed. So thank you so much for that. I love you, my man. All the best. Thank you. you. Until next week. Thank you. You too, Judge. That's at Judge Knapp, Judge Knapp Palatano up there, uh, Fox News. So uh, he was was great. I I, I really was, to tell you the truth a little bit, I was – because sometimes, you know, and then once we get phone line, real phone lines, this stuff like that, the uh, the Skype thing, like I know I notice now that uh, if I have other windows open on the computer and I'm using Skype, it gets all skippy. Like, like things drop out. But if I have everything closed out and only Skype on, then it works. And last time I had the judge on, uh, the judge is a great guy. But he's very particular, though. So he, there was something going on with Skype that was kind of – it was like dropping in and out. But I noticed – I think that was a mechanism of me mechanism of me having too many windows open on my computer because I have all kinds of stuff going on that I want to talk to you about and all that kind of thing. And so I, uh, I had the windows open 
And sometimes on Skype or some of the other windows, like, you know, there's all these stupid rolling, you know, continuing ads and videos playing and things playing without you even touching them. And that had an effect, I think, on the on the actual uh, uh, on the production quality of the of Facebook and of um, Skype. And, And it was kind of it was annoying to the judge because sometimes he couldn't hear me and he was a little bit, you know, and so I, I got to talk into about that a little bit. So I like to keep these people, uh, uh, keep, keep my people close and keep, keep them happy. You know, I can't keep everybody happy for crying out loud, but I can, but one thing I do, one thing I definitely do is I sure as heck try. Did you see, um, Oh, you know, it's funny how, uh, the the networks are all talking about uh, how well they're kind of using the the Bush death to finally kind of ease into the. By the way, Trump's in a jerk mode because we were waiting for that to happen, and and it, it's now happening. So the networks for the last couple of days kind of did their obligatory. George H. W. Bush was a nice guy. And a war hero, and uh, and was an overall good guy, and blah blah blah. And then uh, now they're into the because they've run out of things to talk about. And of course, their timing is perfect as far as they're concerned because they were just, they were only waiting to get to this point anyway. They were really just kind of like, okay, we'll say he's a nice guy for a while, then we're going to go after Trump. That's pretty much how it all works. So it's funny how ABC News decided they were going to come out with an ad talking about how, oh, we just give you the straight news. We're, we're the straight news people. I don't know whether you guys have caught ABC News. If, if I, I could see this with CBS. CBS actually tends to be more straight than ABC. But AB, yeah, ABC has that one dude. Who's the guy who keeps hanging on to the um, desk like it's, uh, uh, like it's flying out from under him? Uh, Muir, David Muir, whoever he is. Uh, and and so he, you know, and they do all this left wingery there at ABC. I mean, uh, Carlson, this guy Carlson is is one of the most anti-Trump guys out there in terms of the reporting edge. But that didn't stop them from just simply saying this about their about who they are. We all need someone who'll pull no punches and give it to us straight. No bull, no spin. Now imagine getting your news like that. Just give it to me straight. ABC News, straightforward. Yeah, my ass. ABC News, we are straightforward. You want to hear how straightforward they were during Obama's administration? Uh, this is a uh, a guy named Bill Weir. This is just four years ago. I don't think anything's changed since then. This is uh, Bill Weir at the uh, at the inauguration of. The second term, when inauguration of Barack Obama in his second term, and uh, and this is this is your this is your we give it to you straight without any spin at all, because believe me, they weren't talking like this at President Trump's inauguration. They they attended that thing like it was a funeral. With their long faces on. Oh no, <laughs> President Trump's about to get inaugurated. You're right. Bend over. Wait, wait till 2020. 
Oh, no. President Trump's about to get inaugurated again. Yep. Bend over. Anyway, here's uh, Bill, Bill Weir. Uh, and, and he is uh, this is the, this is the uh, the inauguration of uh, Barack Obama. He's very happy about it, by the way. Thank you, Newsbusters, for this, my friends. Sean just turned 16 in September, and that's his dad. And he said, Dad, I want to spend my 16th trip going to see the inauguration. Any regrets thus far? Not at all. Not at all. We got a little bit of sleep, but that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. History is keeping you warm, right? (laughs) History is keeping you warm. There's your no spin, your straight scoop from ABC. We're going to go now to Bill Weir, who is out in the center of the mall. And I heard you say earlier, Bill, people are counting on history to keep them warm. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and uh, community, a sense of national pride on days like this. Yeah. That was uh, four years ago. That's your, that's your straight scoop ABC News uh, uh, interviewing with, with – with, with, uh, and, and, and these guys talk about being just the straight guys, but they editorialize constantly over there at ABC. But here's the deal. Uh, as long as you, as long as you just go ahead and, and, and just say that you are some way, and just just pretend that you are some way, then yeah, you uh, you can just get yourself off to the races and, and do your thing. I, I was looking up Diane Sawyer uh, because I've always actually kind of liked Diane Sawyer. I mean, I, mean, I can I, you know what, you know what's weird, Matt, is it all around this time sometimes I lose my ability to see, oh, there we are. Okay. That's weird. See comments. Uh, what did, what did you guys think of, uh, Diane? So I've always, I always kind of actually liked Diane Sawyer. She always seemed to be kind of a, uh, I mean, I, I mean, she did, she did an interview with, um, Assad and, 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 and asked him like, uh, let me see if I could find it here. Here, is, well, I mean, this is Diane Sawyer when she's interviewing this despot Assad. Remember this one where she was uh... talked about the internet. You like yeah. video games? No, no. I use the uh, internet for uh, information. Actually, I don't spy on people and burn them to death. Not for games. Do you have an iPod? Yes. <laughs> What's on it? <laughs> That's Diane Sawyer interviewing. Uh, Assad, do you like video games? You like yeah. video games? <laughs> no, no. I use the uh, internet for uh, information. This, this is your this is your ABC News straight reporting. Actually, not for games. Do you have an iPod? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's on it? What's on it? Uh, oh, sounds of screaming, burning children. Songs, Arabic and westerns. And some French because my foreign language used to be French. Wait, what do you say? Uh, plenty of songs, Arabic and westerns. And right. Some French. Wait, wait, wait. What? On it. Uh, plenty of songs, Arabic and westerns. Plenty of songs. And right. some French because my foreign language used to be French before English. Oh. Yeah. And, and you're so he listens to French songs. Your music fan, Faith Hill. <laughs> is, is it? Uh, Shania is it, uh, Twain. Is it considered as ad? Assad. <laughs> <laughs> Gushing over Faith Hill and Shania Twain, they must be thrilled. <laughs> That's true. They get free advertising, free promotion, <laughs> and American movies. Uh, sometimes, not 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 very not very much into movies in general. I don't have time actually. 
he doesn't like movies in general. He just doesn't watch movies. Yeah. But uh, you like true stories. True stories and historical stories. You want to know the names? Yes. Yeah, the pursuit of happiness. And you liked it? <laughs> yeah, it, it tells you a story that you uh, maybe uh, there's many beneficial uh, things to learn from about real life. The personal side of Syrian President Assad. What's on his iPod is the subhead on this that, thing. Uh, it's accurate about the story, <laughs> the real story. Another ad. <laughs> Hard-hitting news from ABC. That's all we give you is a straight scoop. We don't give you any spin at all. Well, I guess there really wasn't any spin there. I mean, she was, wasn't hiding the fact that she was, uh, she was just basically fawning over Assad. Weird-looking dude. Do you have video? What kind of video games do you have? The straight scoop from ABC Internet. News. Do you like video games? No, no. I use the uh, Internet for uh, information, actually, not for games. Do you have an iPod? Yes. <laughs> What's on it? What's on it? Uh, plenty of songs. Arabic and Westerns. You're and some French because my foreign language is to be French before no punches yeah. and give it and to a country music fan. No Faith ball, Hill no spin <laughs> now imagine is it, uh, is, it a, is it considered it as bad <laughs> ABC News straightforward that's true they, <laughs> <advertising>. <laughs> <laughs> they should have they should have a spoof ad on ABC News the straight news and just have a side going oh, 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 oh. Oh, yes, I listen, I listen to French music on my, my, because my French is my language. Yeah. I'm French because my foreign language is to be French. That's right, giant, sorry. With your straight scoop. You all are straight scoopers, I tell you. You're, you're very, sp- no spin, I tell you. And you're a country music fan. Faith Hill? <laughs> is it, uh, is it Twain? <laughs> we should have, I kind of feel bad I'm making fun of Diane Sawyer because she's one of the, uh, she's like one of the least, you know, offensive people at ABC News, to tell you the truth. I mean, I I don't know. I, I've always thought that she had a certain level of moxie about her and a certain level of class. But even sometimes Diane Sawyer gets kind of uh, sucked into the mire there. Straight scoop news. <laughs> I should do this. I should. Somebody put that together, by the way. Edit that together. So, uh, <laughs> Assad laughing as, and they, then they should show like, uh, you know, burning bodies thanks to his uh, gas attacks or whatever they are. Of course, you know, John McCain liked Assad. Apparently, liked him some Assad too. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I like French. I like French movies too, uh, Diane Sawyer. Actually, not for games. Do you have an iPod? Yes. <laughs> What's on it? We all need someone who will pull no punches and give it to us straight. Yeah, pull no punches there, Diane. Now imagine getting your news like that. Just give it to me straight. Here, here, here. We all need someone who will pull no punches and give... Yeah, well, that someone isn't Diane Sawyer, apparently. I mean, with Assad, right? You you like video games? No, no. I I guess she's pulling no punches... In asking about video games. Internet for uh, information, actually. 
not for games. Do you have an iPod? Yes, you have an iPod. She pulls no, we pull no punches in asking about Assad, the despotic leader's proclivities as it relates to technology. Like, do you have an iPod? Do you have video games? It's what America needs to know. Yes. <laughs> What's on it? What's on what it? kind of gas do you use when you attack your own people? <laughs> is it bubblegum flavored gas? Is it happy? Is it whiskey flavored gas? There are plenty of songs. Oh. Arabic and Westerns. You're and some French because my foreign language used to be French before English. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, and you're a country music fan. Faith Hill? <laughs> is, is it. Uh, Shania Twain? Is it considered as ad? I wonder what he likes about country music. That would be like my. See, now, if you're going to go down that path and you're Diane Sawyer and you're all. And you're. And you're, and you're uh, you're going to go ahead. <laughs> if, if you are, uh, if you're going to go ahead and ask stupid questions, you might as well like go big or stay home. Like it's like when she asks him like uh, about about Shania Twain. Used to be French before English. Yeah. And you're a country music fan. Faith Hill? We give you the straight scoop about Assad's love of country music. <laughs> they don't even do that though. Is it, uh, is, it uh, is it considered as ad? I'm sure Shania is thrilled. Assad likes me. You're telling me Assad. You telling me that uh, whatever his first name is, uh, Bashar Assad likes my music. Well, I'm I'm tickled pink. I'm sure she is. <laughs> Faith Hill. I love the fact that Bashar Assad loves my music so much, even though I kind of sound like Lindsey Graham on Faith Hill, see? I kind of sound like a southern uh, impersonation of Al Gore, Faith Hill, and Lindsey Graham all in one thing there, see? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Isn't that funny, Assad? (laughs) True. They get free advertising. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is your um, your hard-hitting ABC News. Oh, Lord. But you know, again, if if, if it were, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like if like if I were doing, if if you were really going to do in depth, hard hitting news, and you asked Holy about, yeah. and you're a country music fan, and okay. you, look, it, it, I would that would be more interested in if 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 um if if about why he likes country music, like for instance. I like country music for a number of different reasons. I think country music, the writing is great. I think it's positive most oftentimes, and I love the country music love songs. It's funny how, though, the the men all write about love and the women all write about how you lied to me. (laughs) I don't come, I'm going to pull your tractor off the road. Because I do notice that a little bit, like some of them. But, like, Miranda Lambert is one of my favorite uh, artists of all time, uh, and I love her songs. I love her voice. I think she's great. I could give you all kinds of reasons why I love country music, but I, but I'd be more curious about like why Assad loves country music. You know, like like I know. I, okay, you like Shania Twain and Faith Hill, but why? See, so even if you're gonna really be that innocuous about something, be in depth with your shallowness. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to be shallow, be deep about your shallowness. Like Bashar Assad, what is it that you like about country music? Oh, I love the. I mean, what I would love to know what this weirdo loves about country music. 
Like, what do you, what exactly do you like about it? I love the love. Would he say the same thing I did? Uh, or, or would he say something different? I don't know. That, see, that would be, that would be where I could actually give Diane Sawyer a break. And again, I actually kind of feel bad about picking on, on Diane Sawyer because she, believe me, is one of the, one of the less egregious players there at ABC News. I mean, Carlson, the White House correspondent, is horrible. Stephanopoulos is a complete and total prostitute for the left and the Clintons. So I, I can't tolerate him. Uh, all those other people on there with him, I don't even uh, forgot their names. I don't really know. But th- those people are – and then this Bill Weir dude who used to be there slobbering all over Barack Obama. And history is keeping you warm? Yes, it is, as a matter of fact. It's like, oh, Lord. So ABC trying to reinvent itself right in front of your very eyes. But I will tell you that uh, that one thing about Stephanopoulos, I don't know whether you guys notice this or not, but, um, you know, like, for instance, you see my table here and, and my little – well, if you're, if you're on the Facebook page, you see the table here. And um, you uh, – you uh, – can see me, my, you can see my legs or whatever you do. But but when Stephanopoulos, what, what they do at the on the ABC News set is that they have the uh, um, the yeah, Margaret. I think you're right. Bashar Assad probably likes the Shania and Faith Hill because they're they're attractive, physically attractive to him. That's probably why he you know he just picks up a couple of people out of nowhere who he just happens to know. But yeah, that's probably why. It's probably that shallow. Anyway, um, they've got the table here. Now, normally, like, so what would happen is that you have a, um, they'd sit down at the table, like they have the stools or the chairs or whatever it is they sit down on. So when they initially had the table, they had the, uh, um, they had the, uh, yeah, really, Lacey, Lacey Reinhardt, uh, HauntedSTLTours.com. Hey, Lacey, looking forward to our big project. Let me tell you about that. Well, I'm not going to tell you about that yet, but I will. Um, it's funny how how Lacey points out that that Diane Sawyer interviews Assad and asks him about his iPod, when actually Assad is actually using, is gassing his own people. And Trump is treated like he's abusing children because uh, – there are individuals from our armed forces who are sending tear gas over to people who are pounding and climbing and ripping down a wall and invading our country. And yet Assad is actually is gassing his own people. Excellent point, Lacey. But anyway, to uh, the Stephanopoulos bit here. So they have the table and they have the chairs and they all sit in the chairs. Well, uh, the uh, Sarah Lamaster, liberal tears kept me warm at the inauguration. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, so they have the table, and then they have the uh, the they all would all sit there. Well, Stephanopoulos is like four or five or something. He's like a little midget, and he's just a he's just like a little uh, baby man, and uh, he uh, and and he's sitting there, and then he, of course he's with the. Amazon woman, I forgot her name, but she's she's on there as well, uh, and she's not half bad usually. But anyway, when they sat there, the Stephanopoulos's legs would like dangle, you know, from the chair, 
like Edith Ann, you know. I'm, a, I'm George Stephanopoulos, and I'm here to tell you about Good Morning America. I'm Edith Ann. You guys remember Edith Ann? Well, anyway, his legs would be like, you know, uh, just just um, flopping over the chair like he's like a little baby. <laughs> and then the other, then, of course, the other people were all normal. And they they look like, but so what they did was, if you look at it, and I, I'm not encourage you to go watch ABC News, but if you look at the, um, if you look at the table now, they covered up the table. Because so you can't see George Stephanopoulos's tiny little legs dangling over the chair, while the other people are normal humans. He's he, they you. So if they put a. If you look at the table now, you can't see their legs, because they put they they put that there. Check it out. I'm I'm not I'm not kidding you about all that. I'm not kidding you. You what else? I'm not kidding you about everybody. Let me see if I can find some Shania Twain here for your enjoyment, because I want to tell you a little bit about, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to find Shania Twain. I'm going to find this, though, because this is all about joy, people. All about Vance Joy. It felt so nice, and it was getting dark. You wrapped your long legs around me. I held on. Well, that wouldn't have been George Stephanopoulos because he doesn't have long legs. Hey, Vicky, wait a second, though. Listen, listen. I, I, I know short is mighty. When your daddy I like short people. I really do. I'm just kidding. But 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 I'm talking about you know he's just a little tiny little man. I mean I, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not doing the uh, I'm not doing the Randy Newman short people that got no reason to live. I mean some of my best friends are short. You kidding me? I'm just talking about how funny it is that he's just a little tiny guy. You know what I'm saying? Good morning this morning and welcome to the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. This is Radio Free Omen and yeah, love my supporters. I just talked to Ricky Hall the other day. He's going to set me up again. NHQ.rocks is the website, but it's right there at Manchester and McKnight in beautiful Rock Hill. And you go there and he'll set you up with anything you need. Pre-workouts, post-workouts, proteins. If you are one of those people who are going into the holidays, you're like, oh, Lord, I'm going to be eating all kinds of sweets. I'm not going to be getting to the gym as often because I've got things to do in the evening now because it's the holiday season, all that kind of stuff. And you're missing your workouts. You're missing that kind of thing. But you want to keep your body the way it is. Then go ahead and knock yourself out with the male and female versions of the lean and hormone kind of boosters that you're going to love with Nutrition HQ. Uh, you walk in there or you go to the web, they'll help you out with really anything you need to get your life back in order or just to kind of maintain your uh, yourself. Daniel uh, Bono is five feet five. I know he's not George Stephanopoulos. Just leave me alone. I'm talking about George Stephanopoulos, not short people, and his and his little tiny body and his dangling legs. I don't need to hear every other short person on earth now. I'm talking about short people in general. I'm talking about George Stephanopoulos. Stop. So anyway, yeah, Nutrition HQ and HQ.rocks, and they've got these proteins. you got a new protein with a little, like, bits of Snickers in it. You're thinking, oh, how can that be healthy with bits of Snickers in it? It's like, well, that, it's not like a whole candy bar. 
But the bottom line is when you do protein, you got to have a little bit of carb in there too. Otherwise, your body will start eating your body. That's what bodies do. Because if they think you're starving it of uh, carbs, they'll start going after your muscle. That's how that works. Because I've talked to many bodies, and they told me that's what they do. I said, yeah, man, um, I'm so-and-so's body, and when they don't give me any carbohydrates, I go right after their triceps and start eating that. That's what I do. I go, you, you do? Oh, yeah. That's what I do. Conversations with bodies. You know what else happens? Uh, if you think that the way – I know I did open up a can of worms. I'm not I'm, – no, Margaret's like, play short people. I'm like, I'm not playing short people. Try to get me in trouble, Margaret. First time. Come on, Vance Joy. Yeah, but here's another thing, the truth about bodies, because after having a conversation with them, you know what I had? I had, a, uh, I had a town hall with a bunch of bodies, and they all told me the same thing. They said, if the way to lose weight is not to starve yourself, you must eat. You just have to eat the right things and in moderation. But starving yourself never works because your body rebels against starving. If your body... Here's how this works. Just real quickly, and then I'm going to get into some other stuff. Because I, I, I want to let you know, too, that, yeah, Tara Lynn, thank you. It's snowing outside. Brandy Aaron, you like some Vance Joy? I do, too, man. He's awesome. You're the fire in the flood, people. The fire the flood. That's right, my friends. All right, so here's the deal. Your body, and then I'm going to get to something really important for you and your jobs. And just like I said to uh, Mark Cation yesterday, uh, the damn government plots against its own citizen when, it's, uh, when it comes to jobs. I got proof of it right in front of me right now. I'll tell you that in a second. Then we're going to go to these idiots from the Weekly Standard and, and, and Bill Crystal. I know you spend most of your time trying to avoid these people. So me bringing to you the, them to you is kind of a double-edged sword. But I want you to know what's going on. All right, so here's the deal. Um, you have to have – starving yourself doesn't work because your body goes into a mode – where if you're starving yourself, it goes into a protection mode. So it, so it uh, will start to store fat because it knows you're starving it. And, 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 and it's not going to appreciate the fact that you are starving it. So what happens is it says, I know what's going to happen is Jamie's not eating. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and store the fat. And, and, and if he puts any more in his body, I'm going to store that too. And I'm going to keep it. Just in case, because when Almond stars me, I need to do something. I need something to kind of keep his engine going. So I'm going to use as my coal, as my locomotive, I'm going to use his fat. So I'm going to store it up. That's how people get fat. That's, how, that's, why, when, that's why crash diets never work is because people just stop, to, um, stop, to, stop eating. And then suddenly they start eating again. And your body is like, oh, fantastic. I'm going to put this right in his ass. And in his thighs. And his boobs, too, maybe. That's what I'll do. And, yeah, so your body knows that you are, uh, that you're starving it, and it doesn't appreciate that. So you need to have a constant kind of, um, 
uh, you notice people like you notice a lot of people who seem to be thin or whatever. They're like, why? I all you do, all you do is eat. What the hell's what are you doing? Well, you know, they're taking a few almonds and popping them in their mouth at two o'clock after lunch, and then they're they're eating grat and they're keeping their body's metabolism going because your body will slow its metabolism. And start to kind of be in this mode where it's kind of like starting to, it's got to save itself. Your body's very protective of you. You don't know it. Wait, you abuse your body. Uh, we abuse our bodies in many ways. Me, horrifically sometimes. Ask the gin bottle sitting over there. You know, gee whiz. How did you, is it one enough? No, just one more. Why not? I'm not going anywhere. Putting up my Christmas decorations, which I did yesterday in the freezing rain, a little bit of that last night. I like that. I love putting up my Christmas decorations because I love the challenge. And I finally have gotten to the point this time, it's a minor defeat, but not a big one. Uh, this time I have, uh, oh, by the way, so I got, what I was saying was Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks, uh, right there in beautiful Rock Hill. So this time what I did was I, um, I, uh, I finally got to the point where I actually need to go and buy another extension cord. I don't know what I did wrong this year that I didn't do last year, but for some reason I wound up an extension cord short. So I didn't plot the map out very well. So I've got to get another extension cord. So it's a minor defeat. Uh, I broke my I, 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 I broke my thing. When I, I really shouldn't have to do that. But I'm going to go ahead and i got to get another uh, uh, another extension cord yeah vicky uh what what what's happening to you if you see that's what happens is if if you're if you're doing the crash diet you're not eating your body doesn't like that so so really the proteins are good protein powders protein drinks you know every once in a while i will um grab a little beef jerky have a little uh beef jerky in my in my car i eat on a little bit you know currently plugged in oh is that it? You know what? I think that is my. That's the extension cord I'm missing. That I brought in. Huh. Matt's the one who pointed that out. He says, is that green cord right there? Is that the extension cord you're missing? I'm like, yeah. That, that is the, this is the extension cord that I'm missing. That I brought into the, um, that's, that's actually, that actually absolutely is the one. That I brought in here. Uh, so, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna still gonna get another one because I need this one. This is this one. This cord has served me well here at the Radio Free Almond Studios. But I had no idea. I was wondering why I was missing an extension cord. I was I was beating myself up over that. I was I was I was like, I how did I not have it? And and, and Matt. Just told me I you well you brought it in here okay I did right you're right huh darn so I'm not so such an idiot after all I mean I'm an idiot on a number of other different levels but I can actually take that one out of the idiot column because I've got plenty more reasons I'm an idiot in the column I don't need one more of running out of extension cords for my decorations. So last night, and this time, there's always there's a couple of things I'm doing. Um, I have a couple of things. I have I have my lighted up choir boys, which I put in, but they always fall down. 
and and the lighted up choir boys. That's the one thing that I have to be careful about. Is I I I um I had the lighted choir boys and I put them up against a tree, and so uh there was a temptation of mine to tie them to the tree <laughs> so they don't fall down. But there's something about tying choir boys to a tree that I don't think is very Christmassy. People would take that the wrong way. So anyway, I, I uh, thought maybe I, I, would, I would invisible tape them. I'll figure something out. But I'll tell you one thing. Bungee cords are awesome. They work. Bungee cords are probably the, the one thing that will uh, save the world one day is, that, uh, is, is, bunge- is the bungee cord. Then I had this one snowman. He's a one-eyed snowman I've had in my entire Christmas decorating career, which spans 30 years or so. And, um, and that is uh, that's a one-eyed snowman, lighted-up snowman, plastic. And I, I can't ever – I can't – it's so – it's such a shame leaving decorations in the garage and not putting them out. They, I feel like, you know. I do have one thing in the garage, which is a, I do have a, an extra plastic lighted baby Jesus, which I have. I have two of them. So I feel bad about leaving the one plastic lighted baby Jesus in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the garage, but there's only room for one Jesus, right? I mean, you know, plastic lighted baby Jesus. I can't have two of them out there lit up because it, it wasn't a twin birth. So... Uh, the only thing I did do, though, is the plastic lighted baby Jesus was on his face in the garage. I did turn him over so he wouldn't be uh, – so I wouldn't have a plastic lighted be- baby Jesus on his face. And then there's a couple other things I had to leave in there. But for the most part, I put everything out. And uh, But the one-eyed snowman, I can't I – can't, uh, I can't keep him in a garage just because he has one eye. But, um, but he's always falls over. I don't know why, what it is, but he falls over that. And that's the one thing I have to have to figure out is I because I know there's going to be one big ass windy day. It always happens in mid mid December. It's a big windy day, and and and, uh, and blows all my stuff over. It's always around December twelfth, somewhere around there. It's like seventy five degrees, and it's like and winds are gusting at eighty miles an hour, and my whole all my. Things go all over the place. I try, put bricks in them, put that in them, blah, blah, blah. That's about it. All right, so anyway, let's get on to some real-world stuff here. I, I'm about to get a, a couple things I want to talk to you about. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and do this only because um, they, they brought on Patty Davis, for instance, the Reagan, uh, Reagan's daughter to bash Trump. I don't, I don't, you guys don't need to hear that. I mean, really? Why, 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 why subject you to that garbage? But one thing you uh, need to pay attention, because who, who needs Patty Davis, for crying out loud? Some liberal. The, the people I'm more worried about are the so-called, um, <laughs> the other baby Jesus could be dressed up as Stephanopoulos. Yeah, I could sit him on the, they would have, a, have a, a nine-member panel. That includes a plastic line. And now let's go to the plastic line and pay me Jesus. What do you think about uh, how horrible Donald Trump is? Yeah. Okay, Vance. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for your service. So, uh, A.B. Stoddard, I, I, don't, I thought she was on Fox News, but how she wound up on MSNBC is beyond me. I don't know whether she's no longer on Fox News anymore or what happened there, but wasn't she on... Fox News for a while, A.B. Stoddard, 
Plus, I think it's weird when people use their, their initials. It's way too pretentious, but, you know, who am I to say? None of, none of my business. A.B. Stoddard. What are you, H.L. Mencken? No, I'm A.B. Stoddard. Okay. Well, H.L. Mencken did what you're doing, and he was H.L. Mencken, but you're A.B. Stoddard, so you really you couldn't shine H.L. Mencken's shoes. So A.B. Stoddard then uh, is on there with Bill Crystal. This will be fun, right? On MSNBC. Can someone tell me why A.B. Stoddard isn't on Fox News anymore? Because she was. She was on, like, Brett Bear's, you know, all-star panel, whatever goofy name they give that. Why do they do that, by the way? Let's go to the all-star panel. It's like, why do you, what? What is an all-star panel about? Or power panel? Let's go down to the power panel. It's like, plus, even the word panel used to be in my day. Like in broadcasting, the last word you'd want to use is panel because nobody wants to watch a panel. And that in town hall, which would be the second most boring-ass thing. So Fox News does the power panel or the, or the you know, Legion of Amazing People panel. But A.B. Stoddard used to be on one of those. It's also it's also weird too. They do on Fox News. They do the breaking news thing, and breaking news just now. George Herbert Walker book because Bush has died. It's like that was like three days ago. That's not breaking news. But they always do break and break breaking news right now. It's something I heard like a day ago, or or at least three hours ago. Why do they do that? I don't know. All kinds of questions this morning. So anyway, Bill Crystal and Amy Stoddard are being interviewed on this show. And, of course, Bill Crystal is the insufferable never-Trumper who, uh, were it not for... Um, so AB was on special report. Maybe she just goes everywhere then, Margaret. I guess I, I, as long as she, I guess she's still there. I'm surprised she's still on MSNBC, too. But anyway, she's on there, and she's, of course, feeding MSNBC everything it wants to hear about about Donald Trump, which is that um, Donald Trump's a horrible person, and it's what you got to hear when you're on MSNBC, or or you're or you're not, you know, you got to keep you got to keep plugging the meter there at MSNBC and keep putting more coins in the backs of their robot anchors to keep them going. So you got to keep on saying, yeah, Trump's ass, uh, horrible. He's an ass. He's a this. He's a that. So anyway. Um, Bill Crystal is a never Trumper, horrible predictor, terrible analyst who knows nothing about the American people, who in the past has been kind of this conservative standard bearer. Daddy gave him a magazine and or whatever career he got. And um so so Bill Crystal is and, and Daddy got his little puppy son along for the ride. And Bill Crystal's a neocon warmongering globalist uh, who uh, who hates President Trump. And he hates President Trump because President Trump held up a mirror to the Republican Party. And I'll give you another example of how the Republican Party is screwing America still, but and, and along with the Democrats, getting together with them. But Bill Kristol uh, was one of the first people to see himself in the mirror and notice that he's presided for the past 30 years over Republican party ineptitude, uh, lack of ability to win elections, 
and also lack of ability to connect with normal, average, everyday people. If it weren't for Trump redrawing the electoral map, he would have lost to Hillary. But Republicans always accepted that, that a Democrat would begin any presidential election with 240 electoral votes, and then they just would pick up – and the Republicans had to – then they had to fight over the other 30 or 31 or whatever it is. So that, that, that's how the whole thing worked out. Anyway, Crystal is inept and a waste of space, and he knows it, which is why now he's whoring himself out to MSNBC because nobody else will have him. George Will, I think, is, is barely surviving out there because George Will hated Trump just like he hated Reagan. And pretty much Republicans started to think, you know what? You're not really conservative. You, you just want us all to be uh, your kind of Republican. You, you don't really, you're not really conservative. Yeah, we're, conservatism is about free trade. It's like, yeah, that's true. It's also about fair trade. No, it's not. It's about free trade, free trade. Fair trade is just a thing. It's like you can't, you can't manipulate. It's like, yeah, we can. And President Trump did it. So – Bill Crystal's one of those people. Amy Stoddard is another, you know, she's she's got her Jones about Trump and always has. I remember these people. But at least Amy Stoddard admits it. She's not like, you know, Guy Benson and Chris Steyerwald and Dana Perino and all these other never Trumpers out there who now are kind of just pretending like, you know, they just came back out of the bushes and are wondering around Does anybody still notice that I'm okay, I'll just kind of slip slip in here and Pretend like nothing happened. No, we remember what happened. Mark my words. Anyway, MSNBC. We may fight on policy and on issues that ultimately were Americans first. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you bull crap. Listening to Obama say that just turns my stomach because he knows that he was one of the most wicked battlers of all time. I'll use my pen and the phone. You know, uh, elections have consequences. Yeah, right. You didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Yeah. The 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 most the 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 the, the person who went around the world. We don't need to make America first. We need to maintain America in fifth place. And and, and all he do is go around the the globe apologizing to everybody. On behalf of all of America, I'm sorry. Sorry about what? Uh, just because being American, that flag is, you know, it's like we don't need this, him to be lecturing us about how, how you know, politics used to be civil, you know, and we are, we, we just always had our maintain our differences, but blah, 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 blah. It's like, come on, man. Who are you kidding? You know, the, the, the guy who would, would crap all over law enforcement every chance he got, wag his finger at us. Shame on us. Remember that? Shame on us. That's what, that's, that, that's the, he's the shame on us president. I, always, I used to say, you have the ask not what your country could do for you, but what you could do for your country speech. We have Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall, that famous speech. And we have, you didn't build that, somebody else made that happen speech. Great. That's, that's the Obama legacy in my mind. He hated me. He despised me and you and, and, and anybody else who didn't vote for him. 
So that's what that's the Obama he lecturing us. But, you know, back in the day, you know, we just had just uh, we may fight on policy and on issues that ultimately were Americans first. Sure. Reverend Obozo, you never lived that way. And the uh, we're Americans first. We're Americans first. As long as we agreed with you, then you were all about, you know, people coming together and all that. kind of Come together. Uh, agree with what I have to say or you're divisive. They're really good about uh, people if they analyze not only his accomplishments. A.B. Stoddard, associate editor and columnist at Real Clear Politics. And Bill, let me start with you and let me start there. The image of these presidents, these former presidents and President Trump together, something that we have not seen since Donald Trump's inauguration. Yeah, and President Bush, President George H.W. Bush, uh, apparently requested that President Trump be invited to his state funeral. I think he, he respected the presidency so much that even though I don't believe he had a very high opinion of Donald Trump, and I don't think he concealed that much, he thought it appropriate that he didn't want to exclude uh, President Trump. Yeah, because he was a better man than John McCain. Senator McCain, that was a senator, that's yeah. his own choice. And so that shows how much I think... President Bush, you know, was how much he cared about the presidency as an institution and how much he thought, even thinking ahead, about trying to make clear that we may not approve of this current president, but diminish one's respect for the office. It's interesting to be listening to this conversation, Ron, about institutionalism and the respect for the office uh, and to compare that with where the Republican Party is now with, you know, plenty of Republicans respect President Trump, but it's a very different Republican Party yeah, under 45. Thank you for saying that. At well, least. different in every respect. I mean, President Trump spent this morning uh, kind of reenacting Godfather 2 on his Twitter feed, tweeting out various efforts to obstruct justice and tamper with witnesses, even as President George H.W. Bush's body was being brought. Yeah, back. So, so, so apparently President Trump is, is supposed to shut down his Twitter feed for, what, four days of mourning? What is it, Soviet, the Soviet Union? The former Soviet Union? Washington Lion State. So, I mean, in terms of kind of the class and respect for the president. And, and you knew this was coming too, right? You knew that, that anything President Trump did while H.W.'s body is being carted around the, the country, anything President Trump did was, oh, uh, H.W. isn't even buried yet and listen to what President Trump had to say about the Mueller investigation and H.W. is even buried yet and listen to what, what Trump said about the migrant caravan. H.W. is even buried yet and listen to what he, you know, that kind of thing. So apparently as long as as H.W.'s casket's bobbing around all over the joint before it's buried, President Trump must be quiet and keep his mouth shut at all times. President Trump must keep a lid on all of his statements because, oh, there's uh, another uh, showing of, of H.W.'s body. It's like, this is ridiculous. But you knew this was coming because the weekend was spent, oh, H.W. is such a great guy. And you knew they didn't really want to say that. And, I, and there's no question that H.W. was a good guy. I mean, he was, you know, sometimes even too nice. But but this but but you knew they were they've been waiting for these next couple days to figure out some way to attack use the death of HW to attack President Trump. By now we've been there, done that, we're sick of it, and we see it on down the line. This guy, uh, what about this guy calling Trump, uh, comparing Trump to a, a Godfather and mafioso while. H.W. is lying in state. 
We don't see us going after this Ron Klein. I don't even know who this guy is. Man, these prostitutes there on MSNBC. A very, very different thing. Also, a really different thing on policy. Mm. George H.W. Bush was a conservative Republican president, but he was also a president who passed the Clean Air Act, who passed the Civil Rights Restoration Act. I mean, he, it is, he was a bridge between the Republican Party of an earlier era and the Republican Party we see today. It's interesting how how H.W. is perceived as a real conservative by passing a bunch of acts Right, and and even shepherd in the Americans with Disabilities Act, which there's no question these things are not are are, are uh, uh, the Clean Air Act had some had some issues with it, but but the but imagine this is this is where the rubber meets the road, folks. Keep in mind, President Bush is lauded as a real Republican because he shepherded in a few acts, okay, and a real conservative because he shepherded in a few acts here, uh, but but. But Donald Trump is not considered a real conservative with black unemployment now at the lowest level it's been with uh, the drawback of all kinds of oppressive regulatory statutes that have been killing businesses all down the line by creating a fair playing field for trade, by re-energizing manufacturing in this country, and by pulling us out of oppressive European compacts regarding global warming that are also costing American jobs. So, but, but he's not conservative, apparently. So in this guy's eyes, H.W. is like, he, you know, he passed the act, the, the so-and-so act, and the so-and-so act, and the so-and-so act, which makes him a great man. It's like, well, w- look at what President Trump has done in the first two years of office. And yet, and yet, he's not considered a conservative. Oh, oh! By the way, oversaw the first tax cut, tax reform that we've seen in decades. Meaningful tax reform, by the way, that we've seen in decades. Corporate tax cuts that we weren't that Republicans weren't able to pull off, even when they had the White House in Congress. That there's your conservative right there. And again, I'm not trying to bash H.W., but don't sit there and, 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 and act as if uh, because H.W. passed a few acts here and there and, and, uh, that, that he's better than President Trump is or that he's a better conservative. The, 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 there, you might have an issue with the president's comportment or whatever it happens to be or style, but make no mistake, he's done a hell of a lot more for this country uh, domestically than H.W. ever did. And, and has certainly done more conservative, uh, made more conservative moves than H.W. ever did as president. And yet, and yet H.W. is being st- ahead of being put ahead of President Trump. It's like this is ridiculous. Stick with the facts, people. It, ne- they, it never fails. These naval gazers here on MSNBC have no idea what they're talking about because their hatred of President Trump is manifest, and they and they don't have any other way to to, to put it. Republican Party, AB, and you've been talking with folks. Here we go with AB Stoddard. Uh, yeah. Where- they dropped a lot of seats. There's no other way to put it. But as Jonathan Martin uh, writes in the New York Times this morning, there's not a lot of. Well, these people must be a barrel of monkeys. I'll tell you what. Can you imagine even even breaking bread with these boars, Lord course correction inside the Republican Party moving forward. Right. What Jonathan points out and what these Republicans are talking about privately is is a a new delineation, a realignment that makes them the party of white men. This is a huge loss, the fact that women are so repelled by Trump in the Yeah. So we get that from resting bitch face. 
So I mean, it's it's like I mean, at at some point, and this three member panel decides they're going to sit there and 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 attack the party of white men. Come on, AB Stoddard. No, and nobody, of course, and, and I guarantee you, and I don't know this for a fact, but would would uh, would AB Stoddard say this on on Fox News? Probably not. Because she wouldn't get away with it. She'd be on a panel with somebody who would say, oh, come on, party of white men? You mean, you, mean the, you mean the guy who outperformed Mitt Romney in female votes? You mean the guy who outperformed Mitt Romney in black votes, minority votes, in Hispanic votes? I mean, I, I just don't, I mean, what, what is, what, are the, what is she talking about? The party of white men. And, you know, and, and, and the fact of the matter is she has no facts to back up what she's saying at all. She's, she's just deciding that this is going to be her, her moniker because if it, if, if she throws it against the wall, it sticks over there at MSNBC. Same way with this guy with his Godfather references. Same with Bill Crystal with, with his put downs of, of, of President Trump. When President Trump, these people couldn't shine his shoes when it comes to conservative uh, acts and, and, and conservative ideals and conservative uh, accomplishments. These are people who've been writing about being conservative for God knows how long, but they've never put anything into action. And, and one of the things that A.B. Stoddard and Bill Crystal are pissed about is that basically – because they're both with the Weekly Standard – is is that President Trump basically has put them out of business because what they did throughout the entirety while screwing us kept on pushing out these waves of fundraising and the Weekly Standard doesn't exist when you have a real conservative in the White House doing things. Otherwise, there's nothing to write about at the Weekly Standard. You You understand that, right? The Weekly Standard desperately needed desperately needed Hillary Clinton to win to stay relevant. Bill Kristol desperately needed Hillary Clinton to win to stay relevant. The National Review, Glenn Beck, all these other people needed Hillary Clinton to win to keep selling their books, to keep selling their magazines, to keep commentating, to keep raising money. That's that's the dirty little secret among the never-Trump crowd and the Republicrats right now is that President Trump was the worst thing that could happen to him only because they needed somebody to, to, to say the sky is falling about. So, uh, you know, Ben Sass doesn't write a book that's a successful book with President Trump in office because there's nothing to bitch about. I think Ben Sass, this whole thing about, oh, you know, we don't have Christmas trees at City Halls anymore. It's like, okay, got it. But, 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 you know, or we need to return back to a day what, a day when you could sit there and listen to Bill Maher use the N-word and giggle like a little girl, you mean? That day? No thanks. But, you know, but, but, but these people, really, that, that's the dirty little secret among many Republicans, too, is that uh, uh, Hillary Clinton in office, imagine the money they could raise and the books they could write 
and 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 the and the sky is falling tomes they could put out there all day long. The Weekly Standard National Review would have would have had a field day with Hillary Clinton as president. They needed her to be elected. They don't care about you. They don't care about blacks. They don't care about Hispanics. They needed Hillary to be president so they could keep selling their jive. And, and uh, you know, Glenn Beck's turned into, I don't know what, I think he and Levin and those guys are getting together and, and Michelle Malkin. It's like Glenn Beck ought to be thanking on his knees, thanking them for, for, for attaching themselves to him. But, but, but they needed Hillary Clinton to win because you could fundraise, write books, and, and, and crab all day long about the nature of things and elevate yourself and put yourself here and tell everybody that they're, they're, they're all going to die. And then that was what they needed. And that's why they pushed it. A.B. Stoddard, this party of white men thing, is the biggest crock of crap. It's not only – it's factually untrue. And I loved how remember the remember the 2016 uh, the 2018 midterms and they were talking about uh, about about uh, suburban white women yeah go to go to Radio Free Almond's Facebook page and talk to these suburban white women there and you'll see you'll see the real story out there go to the Radio Free Almond app see if you can run down people listening to that there the, there's that's where the suburban white women are. And, and even and, and I have I have more suburban white women listening to my show than any other conservative talk show in St. Louis. And, 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 and all of them are tough as nails and ready to rock at any given notice. And I'd put them up against any other of these mythical suburban white women that A.B. Stoddard talks about. Yeah, the, the suburban white women are going to turn their backs on President Why? What are you talking about? Women like men with balls. And, 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 and Trump has balls. And, he, and, he, and you know what? Sometimes he's a little bit crass. I get it for some people. Not, not for me, but for other people, I, I get it. I understand that. You know, when he gets into some of the attacks, whatever, people are uncomfortable with that. I get it. But come on. You know, these uh, people, you know, like uh, women like men with a little verve for crying out loud. And President Trump has that. A.B. started the party of white men. That's just that could that could come out of any any hack homeless man on the street corner. I I wonder how much they're paying for the uh, that kind of uh, analysis. Because I, I guarantee you, though, and I, and I haven't heard her, so it, it might be true or untrue. I don't know. But A.B. Stoddard wouldn't wouldn't get away with saying that on Fox, on Brett Baer's show. At least in the way she put it there. I'm going to save that, by the way, because I'm going to get back to that. I haven't even gotten to my vegetarians wanting to be considered a... Um, uh, yeah, right. You're right, Dan. There are Republican shows. You're right. Yeah. But there you can conservative ones, not really. I um I, I also had a Joy Behar thing. You don't want to hear do you really need to hear Joy Behar? 
I don't, you know, sometimes I have to, I have to look out for you folks, protect you because you don't purposely go there. But let me, let me get to my point uh, about, about the Republicans and, and, and what, and what they're up to. I didn't even get to the Apple CEO, man, was he a pain in the rear? He gave a big speech about hate speech. Believe me, watch out for these people talking about hate talk. They, they can't define it. They can only define it as any talk they disagree with. I was brought down by the fake hate speech baloney. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that if I can. But let me, let, me, um, let, me, let me tell you exactly what I told Mark Cation yesterday when he said, uh, he said, we need to put everybody in college. Then we're going to get everybody jobs and they will have jobs. Yeah, right, Mark. But at the same time, you you pro immigrant free border people, pro visa people are at the same time talking out of two sides of your mouth. What good is educate but everybody needs to go to college. What what good is the government paying for everybody to go to college while at the same time it's simultaneously plotting to to compete against the people graduating from college by shipping in Haji and Pingling from China and India in here, which is exactly what they're doing. And guess what? Republicans are doing this. I told you, I told you this has been going on with this visa program where, where there are, there are actually these, uh, these, these temp agencies and these temp agencies have, uh, get a, get a certain allotment of visas that they can hand out to people from foreign countries. And when a company wants some cheap labor, they snap their fingers, the temp agency goes out and bundles a bunch of Indians and, and Chinese people and ships them in here on these, on these uh, H-1 visas uh, and, and with their green cards and ship them in here, and they compete with American workers. Remember the the bull crap we were told? Yes, but you know, we're only getting the smartest, most intelligent people from India. These people are tech savvy, and they're at the top of the game and well-educated and everything else. It's like, that's the biggest bunch of crap. In fact, the Department of Homeland Security did a whole study about the, the truth about the visa program and it turns out these people aren't any any better educated than, than Americans are. Oh, no. They're from India. They've got to be smart. They've taken math classes since they're seven. Bull crap. And, and also they're paid dirt cheap wages, which is really the draw. So all the corporatists who finance Republicans and Democrats love it when Republicans and Democrats get together and boost a program like this. I mean, even Ted Cruz, when he was running, which was horrible, even Ted Cruz said he wanted to increase the number of these uh, visas coming, of these people coming over here. That's because these Republicans have been, for the past decades, plotting against the American worker and against Americans in general when it comes to the economy and jobs. And finally, somebody's calling BS on it, and it's President Trump. As well, he should. 
Not to mention the fact that many of the people who were here illegally came here, invited here. They came here, invited here. Then their visas expire and they're here illegally. We don't even track these people. Do you realize that, and this is again from the Department of Homeland Security, half of the illegal immigrants in the United States of America were invited here? Half. And, and you, people are thinking that it's that it's uh, you know Jorge popping over or the Rio Grande. That's 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 the sum total of the illegal immigrants here. No, the, the the half of the illegal immigrants are Haji and Pingling who've been invited here to take American jobs, and that that that's unacceptable, and it's behavior that's been going on for the past decade and a half or so. With this new uh, binge on on these tech visas, they call them tech visas. So you wonder why the twenty six year old who graduated from uh, from uh, graduated from from Rala can't find a job anywhere. You know, I, I, got, I got a perfect example of that. You know, uh, Michael Proctor's son Brandon who graduated, I think it was a chemical engineering or something, I can't remember, and forgive me, uh, Michael, if I, I don't remember what it is. Either way, he graduated with a, with a science degree, couldn't find a job anywhere. Because be, Why? Because the companies were hiring Haji and Pingling at cheap labor costs, invited in here by the U.S. government. So the U.S. government was, was actively promoting programs that would compete against Young American workers, people with college degrees. Not that not a person with a college degree is any better, but but uh, at the very least, the trades and 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 the uh, and uh, some of the people who were doing uh, the uh, the more the uh, the trade work uh, they they're they're just as educated. I'm just talking, but but they have their jobs generally. Uh, more secure than a, than a, than a guy who works at AT and T or or Monsanto or someplace like that. I mean, I, I knew way back in the day. Uh, my brother in law worked for AT and T or one of the companies, and and he wound up uh, like training one of these guys to take his job. That's how that's how brazen this was, and this was during Bush's administration. So again. Uh, Here's what's happening, and this is why this has got to stop, and this is why we have um, – this is why we have to fight this and make sure we realize that the Bill Crystal Republicrats are still among us out there, the people who have been cutting trade deals, getting involved in environmental packs, refusing to cut our taxes. These guys have been plotting this this entire time. And, and, been, and been running amok, which is why every time I hear about bipartisanship, I'm like, going, oh, Lord, here we go. Bend over. Whenever you hear bipartisanship, it just means you're about to get screwed by both parties. So here's this is the this is the uh, Breitbart story here. This is what I, this is just what I told. Uh, um, this is what I and, and, and they've only increased and he's tempted and. and uh, oh, by the way, you realize that the law, in order to get to, to, ju- to justify hiring somebody from a foreign country, 
using the U.S. visa program, do you realize that the law says you have to prove you have to prove that you can't find an American worker? How often do you think these companies are even asked to prove that? But you realize that's the law. And, and and there are literally it doesn't seem anybody following the law. Do you realize the law says before Haji comes over here, you gotta prove that you can't find an American worker to take to take that job. And yet we've been told by these conservative commentators, these so called conservative commentators, and everybody else that, you know. Uh, we are, uh, these people are all the smartest and the brightest. And it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, AT&T, I'm not picking on AT&T here, but you know, it's not, it's not, uh, the chemical company's fault that Americans don't do well in math. Look at these little smart little Chinese whiz kids. It's like bull crap. They come over here, they're not any smarter than Americans are, and they're paid dirt cheap wages. And on top of that, their families are then put on the fast track to get the same damn thing. Republican leaders are expected to drop a political stinker on President Trump by mid-December. A donor-backed amendment that would allow investors to import more college graduates from India to take jobs now held by American college graduates. This should be infuriating to Americans. We're watching, we're watching those uh, folks at the Arc de Triomphe in, in uh, Paris with yellow jackets on. We ought to have yellow jackets on. We ought to be, we ought to be storming Washington, D.C. over this thing. And believe me, any Republican that votes for this ought to be primaried and, 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 and sent packing. This GOP-run amendment puts 300,000 imported Indian temporary workers and 300,000 of their family members on a fast track to green cards, American jobs, citizens, and of course, the ballot box. No benefits at all to middle-class Americans. Do you realize that uh, when they do a, like a monthly jobs report and they say 150,000 new jobs added, do you realize that, uh, that, that that's a big, gigantic increase in jobs? Like that changes the entire unemployment picture? We're now just inviting 300,000 foreigners into into this country to get jobs. And then 300,000 of their family members to come in and do the same thing. The GOP amendment would provide Democratic-leaning donors with more imported white-collar workers, more temporary workers, more profits, and higher stock values. Does does nothing to help the GOP uh, win the 2020 election. It, it, it actually is a little-known amendment, amendment that still kind of is sneaking around in a bigger bill. That's what this is. This should be infuriating to you. It is to me. 
Michael, yeah, Brandon, PhD in cell biology from Wash U. Thank you, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. Mobile design unit, seven days a week. He's your interior designer. I did I did a plug for you earlier too, buddy. But yeah, so Brandon uh, graduated with a doctorate in cell biology from Washington University and winds up watching a bunch of Indians take his jobs, take jobs while he's searching around. I actually wound up having to move, I, st- I think, to Kansas City. But I don't know whether that was a result of that. Anyway, it, but it's a great example. So uh, Michael said he found, he couldn't find any jobs in St. Louis, so he's doing well in Kansas City. More power to him. Thank you, Michael. And Brandon's a good guy. The amendment is hidden in the 2019 draft budget plan for the Department of Homeland Security. Most of the media has entirely ignored the amendment while they focus on the border wall funding. In turn, business-friendly GOP staffers and legislators do not see the amendment's political danger or the public opposition because no one's hearing about this because we're talking about the wall. Even though, even though as far as I'm concerned, if we just stop this, we don't even need a wall because it, it, it looks to me like, according to the uh, DHS's own numbers, that we're, we're, our, our main illegal immigration problem is, is our own doing, is us inviting these people over and, they don't, and we don't track them in and their visas run out. So now the DHS, though, is saying, all right, we're going to be the ones to expose this thing. It is important that Congress does due diligence on any proposed sweeping change to our immigration system, said a DHS official to Breitbart. The bottom line is Congress needs to ensure that they are, what they are passing is in the best interest of the American people. Yeah, no kidding. This, is, this goes way back to, you know, to when, remember when Hillary Clinton was running around? Even as 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 uh, the Secretary of State, she was she was she was you could you could see videos of her in India, promising that we're going to take good care of everybody over there in India. And by, by the way, Republicans aren't any, any much better. I'm not just picking on Hillary on this. The planned hit against white collar workers comes as GOP leaders digest their dramatic loss in November. And, and, and they, they lost support from college graduate voters among, among them. American professionals are protesting the planned expansion of the outsourcing program and flew a banner around D.C. That was on uh, last Thursday. And, and, it's, uh, and it, was, uh, it was flying around, the, the, uh, around D.C. I, don't, I didn't know you could do that. Around DC, to tell you the truth. No, no, you can just take a plane and put a banner up there in DC. Uh, anyway, it said uh, uh, GOP Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy. It said, Kevin McCarthy, no, HR 392. The bill is HR 392. Stop H1B, protect U.S. workers. Uh, the the uh, the banner was flown by the same professionals group uh, that posted billboards against uh, Kevin Yoder, who's a Kansas rep and leading advocate for this business-backed amendment. 
He he chairs the House Homeland Defense Appropriations Bill, but he lost his race in a suburban district with a large share of college graduates. He was the one who added the outsourcing amendment in July. Because, because you know what? Yoder looked at the 20,000 naturalized Indian immigrants who wound up in his district. And they wound up in his district because they came to the U.S. as contract workers. They came invited by the U.S. So he thought that he'd add this outsourcing amendment to increase the whole generosity with H-1Bs. He thought he'd add that to help suck up to the 20,000 naturalized Indian immigrants in his district. And guess what? The college graduates sent him packing. He lost his race because of this. And, and, and again, people, the, 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 the Democrats and, and, and Casey and all these guys keep on bragging about how this was a, uh, this was a, a complete uh, disaster for Republicans, and they were turned out. But keep in mind why they were turned out, why some of them were, at least Kevin Yoder, why he was turned out. He lost his race because he wasn't doing the work that Trump has been trying to do. He lost his race because he was working against what President Trump has been doing, which is an attempt to revamp the H-1B visa program. And, uh, Jimmy, it's H.R. 392. Keep an eye on that. Uh Keep an eye on, on, on that bill and keep an eye on any Republican who supports it. And any Republican who supports it is not deserving of your support at all. And we'll keep an eye on our local contingent and our local people who are, who are doing this. We'll keep an eye on, on what's going on there. So uh, here's, here's, here's a, a group from uh, – um, what would happen is they that this professionals group put out a billboard even they said Kevin Yoder just put your family's future at risk say no to HR 392 and Senate Bill 281 and Yoder lost his election because of that so this idea that somehow uh the American left has been taking over no 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 it's the American right who is more than willing to oust other Republicans. So we were, so some of what, some of the progress that Republic, that Democrats made in the midterms, some of the progress they made was by Republicans themselves cleaning house. Since the election, GOP leaders have offered no plausible answers to this November flip of many suburban college voters to the federal and state Democrats, except a grumble about the party's growing reliance on non-college graduates. So, yeah, uh, you know, the resting bitch face calls the Republican Party the party of white men. Actually, no, you know what the Republican Party is? The party is the party of uh, of the donor class. The donor class that supports, for instance, the weekly standard. So the, the, the problem isn't that the Republican Party is too white. The problem is the Republican Party is in small doses selling out the American worker, 
white collar and blue collar, and has been for the past 35, 40 years. It'll be very difficult for GOP reps to argue in 2020 that they are the party of higher wages for regular workers if they're backing these guest worker increases. This is from Mark Krikorian, the director of the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, the, the, The Democrats have already given up on the American worker, so they don't care. But the Republican Party, the Trump Republican Party, actually can continue to make headway by fighting the other Republicans who continue to to focus on this H-1B program. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, We we don't know. Uh, We we don't know what President Trump's position is on this Yoder Amendment. But but here's here's what's going on, though. And we got to watch this because this is a this is a hugely important thing. President Trump wants this wall, right? And and he's talked about getting this wall. So if you're if the wall is part of the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security budget bill, and so is the increase in the H-1B visa program, how do you think the president's going to view this? And will he, will he view it at all unless he's notified that we're watching? So if you're President Trump, you're like, oh, they're going to give me the money for the wall. And optically, that's what I've been looking for. And what I said I was going to deliver uh, to the American people was the wall. So I'll just I'll let them have their little amendment there, their, their visa program amendment, as long as I can get the money for the wall. See how this is going? So, so, so what they're going to do is they're going to basically buy these Republicans and Democrats are going to buy his support for this amendment that to me is far more perilous to our borders and American jobs than any border crossing is. They're going to buy the president's look away on this. We'll give you the money for the wall as long as you keep your eyes closed as we pass this amendment. That's what's going on. And, and, and you got to watch out for this because, you know, I don't blame President Trump for being, you know, wanting to take that money for the wall at all costs because he said he wants to build the wall. He's told the people he wants to build a wall. And the minute he doesn't get the money to build the wall uh, because he fought this other immigration issue, the H-1B issue, then, of course, he's going to be mocked. See, you t- I knew you couldn't build the wall. I knew you didn't have the money. So we have to kind of appeal to the president on this one and say, dude, do not let them fool you. Do not let them buy uh, your uh, I see nothing viewpoint of this amendment. And again, I will maintain that I actually am more afraid and more disturbed, and maybe that's why they're making a big deal of it, I am more afraid and more disturbed by the H-1B program than I am of illegal immigrants crossing the Rio Grande or even climbing the wall. Because I believe that this this amendment is more destructive to this country and this nation's workforce, blue-collar and white-collar, than any Jorge 
swimming across the Rio Grande or popping over a wall. And so don't take our eyes off the ball while we're focusing on the wall. I'm sorry, I sound like Jesse Jackson. Don't take our eyes off the ball while we're focusing on the wall. I sound like Nipsey Russell, actually. Don't take your eyes off the ball by focusing too much on the wall. But you know what? It's true. Because they're going to they're gonna make us all, hey, we gave you the wall. Look at that. Yeah, right. But you're boning me on the other end. And again, this H-1B program is uh, is bad news, man. Bad news. Now, the president has supported the use of the H-2B visa program. And that's where they, they, they're getting these people coming in and working at hotels and restaurants and that kind of thing. But, but the president needs to, to focus and make sure that he, by, by getting money for the wall, he's not selling these white-collar workers out. Because I'll tell you one thing, that'll come back to haunt him in 2020. Because if you look at the case with Yoder in Kansas, a Republican who supported this amendment was defeated. And he was defeated by white-collar workers in his district. He was trying to kiss up to the 20,000 or something Indian naturalized citizens in his district because he thought, oh, look how diverse we are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw them a bone. And he didn't realize that the other people realized that he was screwing them in the process. So you have to make sure that President Trump is in lulled to sleep by the border wall. Because I'll tell you one thing, the minute we, I don't know how Senator Blunt or how Ann or other people are going to vote on this, but I guarantee you if they vote on it and it includes this amendment, the first thing they'll do is, is say, well, uh, we had to because we had to have the money for the wall. That'll, that'll be their excuse time and time again. We had to have the money for the wall. We had to have the money for the wall. We need to get the money for the wall. We had to do this. It's the same way they supported sanctuary cities in Planned Parenthood. Well, we had to pass the budget to keep the government from closing down. We had to pass the budget to keep the budget from closing down. It's like they're robots. It's like, it's like wandering through Westworld. I'm talking about the original Westworld. I'm talking about the movie Westworld with Yul Brynner in it. The good movie. We had, to, we had to have this because we had to have this. We had to vote for that because that was in something we needed to vote. That's what they do. They stuff these little amendments in here, and then they, they dare you to, to vote against it. So by voting against this amendment, you could kill the entire bill that supports the wall. And to me, I'd rather have this amendment scrapped and the entire H1 uh, visa program scrapped. And, you know, the H2 visa program, which is a, they do a lot of ag workers and restaurant workers and hotel. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm indifferent on that. I'm talking because that's not really necessarily uh, encroaching necessarily into um, the, the fabric of the well-paid white-collar workers. So 
if, if I'm if if I'm the Republicans, I'd much rather have the scrapping and and deconstruction of the H one B visa program than the wall any day. That's just my opinion about it. But but so um, this this um, college grant outsourcing amendment again is buried in the 2019 funding bill for DHS, and and, and it's um, it, it's going to help uh, tens of thousands of Indian workers, and also includes fifty thousand Chinese visa workers. Starting in 2024, the beneficiaries of these visas could become citizens and begin voting for politicians who support more immigration in the U.S. Also, the amendment would enable U.S. and Indian outsourcing companies to import many additional India contract workers, further constricting salaries for millions of other American graduates and voters. And so the, the, uh, the key here is not just they're taking jobs away from people but the influx is also depressing wages because these people are allowed to pay these people virtually nothing they're just so thankful to be here they're working for nothing so these so-called best and brightest haji and pingling are really here as as basically indentured servants to these companies just so they can get their family members here and they can get fast citizenship not appropriate. It's not appropriate for the U.S. government to to compete against its own workers, and it's certainly not appropriate for any Republicans to be supporting anything of the sort. Keep an eye on that deal, all right? You have been warned. You have been told. We'll see how this whole thing goes, but Dan believes they're not going to give him money for the wall anyway. Well, believe me, if, if they can just simply trick us into looking away from the H-1B visa amendment and throw a pittance of money to the wall, they'll do it because they know that the H-1B visa program is a lot more valuable to them in terms of their appealing to their donor classes and their supporters in the in the corporate world they know that's most important to keep them happy so they'll do anything to do so thank you to Rick Pogue and Jerry and the rest of the gang for sponsoring the studio here Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studio For all of your hauling, trucking, fleet needs, they've got it. Conveyors, they'll wrap the truck, do whatever they need. That's what they're all about. ddtruckusa.com. NHQ.rocks, thanks a ton. Veteran-owned NHQ. Nutrition HQ right there in Rock Hill off of Manchester to McKnight. Also, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. Thank you, Michael. Celebrating 45 years in the window fashion business. He's a great guy. Uh, Love him to death, and he's been a big supporter of the show, so thank you for that. Matthew Mitchell, the same. Saving people like Brandy 400 bucks a month in home insurance. 
was it a year? I don't know. All I know is that he's got lower premiums and lower deductibles all at the same time. It's really all you need to know. Run your current insurance by him. Let him check it out. And he'll discover, as you will, that you're paying too much with the other guys. Matthew Mitchell to Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Thank you to Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com, NaputiWellness.com. Two locations, now three, basically, with sports medicine facility there at Champions Village in Fenton, but also uh, in Chesterfield as well as South County. Also, thank you to Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there in Vogel Road in beautiful Arnold. Check that out, people. And, of course, Golden Oak Lending. Two months of absolute float. No mortgage payments for two months for you. When you sign up for a refi with them, 314-567-GOLD. And also you get a free appraisal when I mention my name and get a mortgage checkup. So all that. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.